My favorite was when remember they were talking about the minimum wage increase like years ago at a federal level. Mm-hmm. And you had some old ass senator out there like back in my day, <clears throat> I was making $11 an hour and I paid my way through college and I paid for an apartment. And why are all these people bitching now who are making $15 an hour or something? It's, it's like, like one, nobody's making mother, $15 an hour. Motherfucker. <laughs> things are slightly different right, now things are a little different. than when they were in the 1800s. Right. Things got a little bit more expensive, friend. That's just, it's like, if you don't know that, you probably shouldn't be a senator. Well, they know it's more like willful ignorance. No, for sure. For sure. It's just infuriating. But, no, yeah. Didn't have to uh, bash one of my uh, mom's cousin's faces in with a folding chair yesterday. Mm-hmm. So. Would you like the strap? Ooh, that'd you be You want to have a fun. strap match? Strap match? Yeah. yeah. Strap match sounds fun until you're in it. Then yeah. bad time. I think I'd be okay. Fuck this Bob She was v, older. Bob v. Erica strap match. I'll referee. Tie you two together so you can beat the other to death first. We all know who would win that, though. Bob, you have an opinion? Who would win? Do, here's the question. Let me frame it to you like this. You, as the superior athlete, are you either winning or are you allowing Erica to win? <laughs> I mean, you could. That's that's fine. I I know how to win a fight. That's okay. you have a rage power up that you think would kind of get you through. You've never seen me genuinely angry. <laughs> you haven't never seen me genuinely angry, Alex. Maybe once or twice. Close. <laughs> I mean, I can make it happen, given the opportunity. I mean, if you like to to think that, sure, that's fine. But. Scintillating podcast conversation. I'm waiting for Bob Dane. Husband-wife duo who would I'm, win I'm, beating each other to death. Yeah. Bob, you winning or are you throwing it? I appreciate that there's not even like an opinion that I would fucking win. I'm taking Bob. Superior Without it athlete. Being, that's fine, Alex. Noted. Uh, look, when you, Noted. Win, when you win, I will raise your arm. Noted. And give you your due. Noted. I'm just saying from a betting odds perspective, it's I'm been... taking... Endurance athlete, Bob. Okay. Sure. That's fine. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) to Subtle Interference. He's not even going to fucking answer this, bitch. It's unbelievable. I'm your host, Bob. I'm your other host, Alex. This is the whole podcast. Answer the question. (laughs) Joining us today, special guest and baking enthusiast. Okay. I'll allow that. You're, you're, you're fucking with the steez of the running bit, which, I, an, I am. which annoys me, but I'll take it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Erica. Yes. That's your name. My name is never, Erica. Never got said. Yes. Hello. <laughs> I wish when you were doing all your various lighting renovations around the mm-hmm. house that you would have made it so this light turns into a spotlight that hits that spot and I could hit a button when you're not answering a question. Mm. Mm. Whatever I think of like that in like an interrogation type of situation... I just immediately go back to that. It's like a five-second moment on Seinfeld where Newman's, like, grilling Jerry about something about the mail. And he's like, it's getting pretty loud under these lights, isn't it, Seinfeld? And Jerry's just sitting there, like, drinking a soda going, nah, I'm fine. I'm actually quite comfortable. <laughs> Newman's pouring sweat. Yeah, it was Newman dying. Because <laughs> he's fat. Oh, yeah. I remember that. No one has ever said fat with as much anger as Scott Steiner. 
Remember when Scott Steiner would talk about people being fat? Yes, because it it would it would it would personally offend him. They were asking him one time what he didn't like about Samoa Joe, and he just goes, "He's fat. He's fat." <laughs> That's it. He was personally offended as a steroided up freak that Samoa Joe was fat, and I get it. I mean, fat people are just a blight on society, obviously. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Did I send you that thing? It, w- it was a map of the United States and the data of how many people were mm-hmm. obese or something like that. Mm-hmm. And just over, what was it, like the past 10 or 15 years or something, the country has become dramatically fatter as a percentage. Mm-hmm. Well, you're working people to death, you know, and it's like, okay, well, I can't like cook myself a nice meal at home. I'll go out. Well, also, anything you ever want to eat that tastes good is packed with all the shit that's bad for it's you. It's terrible for you. Right. Yep. But even that's like, oh, you know, I'll go to Panera. I'll get a salad at Panera. If you look at the nutrition facts of a Panera well, like salad. sprinkling sugar all over it and it's shit. It's like, it would appall you <laughs> to know how much, like, calories are in a Panera salad. And that's just when I worked there 50,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like the one, there was one sandwich. It was like a friend, the Frontega chicken, I think it was called. That people were like, "Oh, that's a healthy sandwich." No, <laughs> fifteen hundred calories. In just it. because it says chicken, doesn't right? Mean just it's because healthy. it's chicken, like there's cheese and like mayonnaise and like sauce on that bitch, motherfucker. Like, hey, nah. At Hooters in the wings, underneath the sauce and the breading, there is chicken. There is chicken. Healthy. Healthy chicken. Healthy, healthy. I'm chicken. having chicken. I'm having chicken. I did want to ask And a you, pitcher of beer and some fries and some tots. Mm-hmm. Shut up, shut up. A buffalo chicken dip. Oh, the buffalo chicken dip. Yeah. Mm. I did want to ask you because I sent this to you and then you were saying something that I thought would be better served as a podcast topic, which yeah. is apparently, you can explain this if I'm misrepresenting it, but you said there was... Uh, in the running, in some circles of the running community, people don't like it when you bring up like weight loss yes. or something. Yeah. Could you deep dive and explain this more to me? Um, I have heard this multiple times, and it's yeah. So go, it, go ahead. Go yeah. Ahead. So I think what it really, anytime you you start talking about weight loss in in a running context, um you're almost always going to get somebody who's going to fly in and say, you know, this, you really should take this to like a private conversation because this is very triggering. And one of the, in in fairness, if you're talking about runners, you are going to, there are a not um, insignificant number of people who went through like high school track and we're put through the ringer and told if you gain like an ounce, like you're not going to be able to perform at the meet. And there, there certainly is, um, a, a very sorted underworld, um, in competitive running of people having eating disorders because they're being pushed too hard. And that's well, true almost, of all of almost high school like a, courts. Well, and almost like how wrestling would be. Yeah. I was or just going to fly fighting in. or yeah. boxing or right. something. Exactly. So, I, I mean, it's there. I'm not in, in it's, it's not something I, I don't want to diminish it. The, the problem is a lot of people, especially in like in the running circles that I run in where 
none of us are competitive. We're mostly runners who got in the running later in life. And for many of us, it was as, you know, partially or mostly for some people as a means to try to get healthy and lose weight. Um, And I mean, there's a dirty secret of running that you can't lose weight from running. Um, Because even... It, you you just get so hungry from training you like so you ramp up your miles and then you get more hungry so you have to eat more and you have to eat more otherwise you feel like shit because your body needs so it's a vision it's like this it's a paradox but there is a very valid conversation to be had around hey what's working for you what's not working for me i'm trying to find something that works and when like two people who are or a group of people are who are very clearly obese or on the upper end of overweight are trying to have this conversation it's very unhelpful for someone to fly in and say like oh we can't talk about this because this is very triggering and it's like well this is a valid point of conversation in the sport. Well, also, what this, this brings up is just a, a general, like, uh, on the internet in, in, in general. Ooh, the dual uh, Coke sips. Ooh, Very nice. We were letting you have your space. It, it's, it's like this, every conversation that's happening in the chat is not necessarily for you. Right. You don't have to, if you're, if you are triggered by that. There's nothing you don't have to read. You that. you could just mute the chat for half an hour and scroll past the stuff you want to see and move on with your day. Exactly. You uh, filter your own experience, mm-hmm. but continue. I didn't mean to cut in. Yeah, and, and no, no. I, I mean that's that's a good point because uh, I I'm not if I can't if you're gonna put me in a position in a general forum where, um. I can't talk about a legitimate topic in the sport. I'm not going to want to stay in that forum. And, you know, it's not like we're sitting here talking about like, Ooh, you know, how, how, what, 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 you know, drugs can we take to, right. To suppress like, it. Like something like illegal or unhealthy or something. Right. We're talking. How are you binging? How are you purging? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. We're talking about. I prefer three fingers down my throat. Two used to work, but now I got to go. To you got to go three. <laughs> Gag reflex getting too strong, man. Yep. So it it, it, it too weak. So yeah, it, I mean that's that's basically the crux of what I was talking about, and like I brought it, um, in a a different chat. I shared this um, that that link, and um, and it was a smaller audience of people who. I figured might actually commiserate with my frustration at this. And so even somebody in that chat was like, this is probably based on BMI data and BMI is bullshit. According to BMI, I'm, I'm obese. And I'm, it's like, yeah. B- B- BMI is kind of bullshit, but it does give you like a general well, idea. And it, if you, and if the BMI is just, if all you're doing is comparing BMI from 15 years ago till today, it does give you data. Well, so here's the, here's the thing with BMI. And what is fucked up is that BMI is used to, in a clinical setting at an individual level, largely due to insurance reasons, because that is something that an insurance company 
can plug into a formula easier than trying to account for your entire person. Right. That's fucked up because there are, you know, there are definitely a lot of people, a lot of people I run with who by BMI are overweight or, you know, even obese. And it's like, these are not obese people. Like, but and anyone who lifts weights a lot is probably considered overweight technically, yeah. but they're actually an incredible physical condition. Right. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a flawed, it's not a good scale to use when you are looking at an individual. However, it is still very useful for looking at aggregate data across a large population. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is, you know, certainly a frustration in the scientific community because they all know that they know I, I should not be, you know, this should not be used in a clinic. I'd say though, I think like a lot of things for the, the poor scientists are like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. But you know, it's, it's so, so it's, so when you look at, when you look at BMI trends over time and you see them rising, you know, that and it, the aggregate data is alarming. It really is. It's, it's insane. Yeah. How much it's rising. And it's, it's valid to discuss. Yeah. Well, and especially again, when you're comparing the same data point from the past to the future or the mm-hmm. present, as it were, both past now, I guess, technically, yeah. um, it is a valid comparison point. You're not comparing to like you're not comparing right. BMI to some new measurement they came up with or something. You're comparing the same data point, right? And it's not like you know that that something uh, like has changed in such a way societally that the, the BMI has become completely. Invest- it's not like everybody is suddenly a bodybuilder, right? Right. I mean, if you although if you follow people on Instagram, it may seem like it. It may seem yes, but I mean, even if everyone did, okay, let's say everyone got into bodybuilding, right? That would be very unusual, and seeing that uptick in BMI because everybody got into bodybuilding, well, that's concerning too because you're you really shouldn't be carrying around that much mass, especially as you get older. So. It, it it's a valid it's valid to look at the data is valid it's very concerning um and you know just as long as people aren't going down the path of like talking about um you know how how to purge or going into anorexia or take that drug what's the drug know, that's popular now ozempic yeah 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 there's no that cannot be healthy for you the way that sheds weight <sighs> It can't, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough thing though. Like maybe it, maybe what, you're so overweight that you need, like it is healthier what, than being that big. You need kind of the kick in the ass to, yeah. Cause, I mean, you get to that point of like, well, what's what, yeah, what's the, what's the bigger evil? I mean, we, we know that carrying extra weight around is harder on your body and the long-term consequences of that, um, are can be very severe um and, and maybe it might be a good thing to uh, just to play devil's advocate maybe it might be a good thing to take it for 
X amount of months, mm-hmm. lose a bunch of weight, yeah. and then say, okay, now I'm going to get off of it and hopefully maintain this level yeah. of weight I want. Well, this, it's, it's just you do have to, when you have to alter your eating, and there is only so much you can do by altering your eating. Yeah. It's a shitty thing. It, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a very, it's a complex problem. There's no, the, from everything I've seen, and I've been somebody who's been uh, obese and or overweight for my entire adult life. So. Do you consider, do you still consider yourself obese? I because can, you've lost a shitload of weight. I have. I I consider myself overweight. Okay. By BMI, I would be considered obese still, but I would say I'm overweight. I just I guess it's like it's hard to like we joke around, right? But you do run a crazy amount of miles mm-hmm. and especially in like short periods of time as we know Ultra Bob. Oh, he runs at like, least 30 miles a week most and, weeks. And it's like I just can't it's like sure maybe you're technically overweight Mm -hmm. but it's hard to say like oh someone's overweight who can run a hundred fucking miles in 33 hours or Mm -hmm. whatever it was you know and i think what what's interesting about that is it shows like it kind of speaks a lot to just how strong you can make your aerobic capacity um how psychotic your mind is yeah there's that too um, but it it's it, it's it is it is mind boggling. You know, yeah. it's like how how can how can somebody who's at least thirty pounds overweight, excuse me, um, be able to do these things? Um, well, and there are people who are heavier than me who perform better than me, which is just boggling to me. It is. It's kind of like to what you were saying. I've always found myself and even for other people, it seems like it's so much easier to lose weight, weightlifting rather than running. Mm -hmm. Like even not just talking about like what you do, which is like, okay, I have to be able to run 5 billion miles. So I need to be constantly refueling the reserves. Mm -hmm. But even just like Joe Schmo, who just wants to go run, five miles or something just to exercise daily everyone's body is different of course but i feel and this is completely just in my head i could be i could be wrong we could could, i could be wrong but i feel most people would probably be better served rather than just running five miles for however long that takes you would be better served to take that time and just lift weights well i'll tell you the diff one of the big differences is Weightlifters can very effectively um, and sustainably cut carbohydrates completely or near completely. Runners can't. Like, you cannot run unless you are fully fueled on carbohydrates. There are, of course, examples of runners who have somehow made keto work for them, um, but they're very few and far between. If you don't eat carbs when you're running it's just you're going to be miserable your performance is going to be terrible and um you're it's just gonna suck so and carbs are the best oh they're so good (laughs) this is the problem with the world yep we need you know who would win the nobel prize 
is someone who could come along and develop a food or a group of foods, if you will, that just tastes incredible. Some magical fucking food that tastes amazing, but it's like eating lettuce. That's what we need. We need something that tastes like pizza, but your body processes it like it's a fucking tomato or something without Mm -hmm. all the extra shit on it. Yeah, that would be cool. Whoever comes up with that is probably going to save humanity. Well, I think what one of the things that I've heard in um, there's this podcast um, called um, The Science of Ultra, I believe is what it's called. And um, they've had a number of episodes um, dealing with weight. And there was one in particular um, that was very and if I. Remind me to look it up so I can put it in the show notes. But it was very interesting that they were talking about how what they've noticed in research is that people can adjust their people's bodies seem to be able to adjust plus or minus 600 calories a day pretty easily. Like you can like you could have. You could take a you could do 600 calorie a day deficit for quite a while before your body's going to start to to complain. Um, but at some point, you're you're gonna like just be drained and you're gonna have to replenish. And what their research was, what the the researcher was saying was that what's the what they what they're observing what it's telling them is that your body gets a, a your body develops and maintains a set point of caloric expectation and imbalance mm-hmm. like the like your body comes up with a point that's like if you hit this number all the time that's your balance point and you can't go below it for too long, but you can certainly go above it. Um, <laughs> and um, so, what you know, in, in that research, honestly, that episode was kind of depressing because the researcher was like, "We have no idea, like, how to address this, like, or if your if your if your if your body's set point just is too low, and." Like how do you increase your metabolism? How do you how do you lose the weight? And then there's just no one really knows the answer in a true in in a way that can be applied broadly. Well, even something like Ozempic, that's not what that drug was meant for, right? Wasn't it no. developed for some other purpose? Wasn't it? Yeah, but a lot of drugs are like sure. That. Yeah. I know Viagra it- was supposed to be like like help with like. Was heart, it like a heart medication it? or something? Yeah, it was like, now, now it actually is the opposite. It makes oh, your heart explode. Oh, we could we could make serious money off of this. We could definitely move some blood into some places. <laughs> I, I think Ozempic is a diabetes. Okay, med. that sounds right. Um, um, and so when you're talking about this set point mm-hmm. of calories, is that just that's the point and that's what it always is no matter what? Or can you move it? Like if you are, let's say you you know, really take good care of yourself, Mm -hmm. you eat really clean, and you're at a thousand calorie deficit compared to where you were, Mm -hmm. wherever that was. 
for a month or something. Can you move that set point down? So what that researcher was saying was that it, their observations were that no that the set point never doesn't change um but he also said they weren't researching that basically they found this in looking at something else they were trying what they were trying to find was um like how many days in a row could somebody run like a marathon (laughs) or like and sustain that much negative um, uh, calorie deficit um, and so and they found some really inter- you know they found some interesting things and then this kind of gives some um, uh, you know had some other implications and but they they also were very clear that you know that was not the point of their research that w- and they weren't necessarily controlling for that so it's it's interesting. There's something there. Someone needs to study it more, but they didn't know. In some, in what from what they studied, you're saying some people have a set point that's actually unhealthy. Well, what the set point? What what I think they were saying was that the set point is at a at a level where if if you if you are a a certain weight like you you can't maintain a deficit long enough to keep the the weight off and then if you were to if you let's say you did let's say you managed to you you burn you know kill 300 pounds your set point's still way up here and you're always going to want your body wants you to get back up there so um at least that was the conject the hypothesis Hmm. so um it, it it kind of actually came off as fairly depressing <laughs> in the end it was like it kind of seemed like um like they they were like i we if you're stuck we got nothing we got if you're stuck in this situation like uh, don't know if there's really hope but we do know like there are people who have successfully lost weight and kept it off long term right. um it it is out there it does happen um the science has shown that calorie in calorie out in general is the way to lose weight um but what is more complicated about it than that is how is your body reacting to calorie in calorie out and you know what what kind of deficit can it maintain and you know because they because they say like anytime you do any kind of weight loss they always say one to two pounds a week max any more than that's not good um which is frustrating because that means it's gonna take a long ass time to lose weight but um well and that's just right yeah there isn't it's like oh i got a i got a wedding next month i gotta drop 30 pounds not gonna happen yeah. Well, you could do it. You could sit in a sauna. Sure, but then, <laughs> but like, as exactly soon as you healthy. drink some water, right? It's it's just there's not a healthy way of doing that. Yeah, it's barring losing a limb, which isn't healthy. That's either. also an option. It is. It is an option. So think about how much lighter you'd be if we cut both legs off and replaced them with the um... carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Think about how much you would weigh a lot less. It's true. 
Do we just cut my gut off? That no. would be better. No. Damn. I mean, there are doctors who will do that. Uh, for enough money, they'll do anything. But then there's nothing to stop you from continuing to eat and the, the fat coming back. Oh, and then you butt bust the stitches. Which, which is always, potentially a really bad Which time. is always fun. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. So, you know, what was interesting about that, because the person who sent this to me, um, that podcast, you know, they're, they're a incredibly fast runner, like sub three hour marathoner, incredibly fit. And what his, his perspective on it was interesting. Cause he said, you know, cause I, I responded and I was like, man, that's kind of depressing. And he said, well, that's interesting. You say that because the way I looked at it was like, this is why you shouldn't like, beat yourself up over it is because like there's really not like a whole hell of a lot you can do and if if you don't succeed it's not like you're a failure and i said that's a good point well and that's 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 what people should tell themselves however we live in society right well and also honestly when you talk about you know oh if you lose a pound or two would you say every week or two or something yeah that's not really that much, but it kind of is. Oh right? yeah, it, it adds up quickly. Like if you if you lost a pound every two weeks for two years, it's fifty. Pounds. You'd be fucking shredded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like you'd have like a goddamn sixteen pack. At that point, you'd also be on your deathbed. <laughs> but shredded. I mean, he'd look great in the coffin. <laughs> He looked like he had cancer or something. Yeah, I just said he looked great in the coffin. <laughs> I just remember back in like the nineties, my parents were doing this like soup diet where all they ate was soup. They just and, did that because they like soup. And my dad was right. I mean, soup, soup in and of itself, pretty good. This was like a sad, watery, like cabbage thing. <laughs> Lots of vegetables. No, see, it's got to be like chicken noodle. Latest fad, like diet. And my dad was running and he got so thin that people were coming up to my mother and being like, is he okay? Is everything okay? Is Is he sick? Is he dying? Legitimately, people were asking her that. He got too skinny. Future. Future Bob. I don't know. I don't know. Ideally for me... I'd like to be about 175, and I'm a ways off of that. You'd right like now. to look in the mirror and think to yourself, "I could die tomorrow," <laughs> and this is awesome. I, you know what? What do you... think about how fast I'll be as a skeleton? <laughs> I, I would just, I would like to be able to. I really would like to be able to have a picture taken of me, like wearing running stuff and not see my gut hang over the side that would be nice <laughs> see i was under the impression all runners want to look as shitty as possible and you could also just buy a larger size too but my shorts fit me it's my gut that hangs over my waist is fine it's just once you go above the waist mm. Mm. It's it, that's an money, image. You could put some money aside for the lipo. Have you ever seen anyone get a no. good result from lipo? I have, you- have only known, and it was a perif person who did it, and they didn't do enough because they can't. Like, you're not gonna walk in 
and they're taking everything because they can't right you can only take so much i think it's they can only do 10 pounds at a time so it's like what was the point of that that was very very expensive it's not even that much that was very expensive and if you just like like we you just said if you if you you know did the uh, uh watched maybe a little bit for a couple months you could just do that without having to pay like 10 grand yeah and you wouldn't have and to having surgery cut open right so have like a vacuum stuck inside you <laughs> yeah it was just one of those things that i i remember seeing them afterward and i was just kind of like titanic waste of money huh <laughs> <laughs> i don't think they were the ones that paid for it i think somebody else did but it was just kind of like and why have you seen, have you seen the cool scope thing? Yes. No. Every time I drive down to that before, there's thousands of advertisements for it. Yeah. So the it, dumbest fucking thing. What they do is for three hundred dollars a session, they will basically uh, freeze your fat spots, and then over time, when fat cells freeze they just drop off into your lymphatic system and get flushed out of your system. So, yes. Why can't we think of some sort of snake oil type of thing and make millions of dollars just just fucking with rubes? I think we got to go right wing. I think it's the only way. I do think that I you're think it's right, the Alex. Path I think to a it lot probably is the easiest path. I just don't know that I can bring myself How to do conservative? Some of that shit. How much money are we talking about? That's the thing though, right? Right? How much money if we talking? If I told you, if I told you we could build up an army of idiot listeners and we could make $500,000 a year and split it three ways, you would be over the moon. Yeah, I probably would be. <laughs> You'd be over the fucking moon. Yeah. You'd say anything. You could even have a disclaimer at the opening of every episode being like, this is a parody. We don't. It could be like Colbert. We don't mean anything that we say. Don't you remember when Colbert was doing the Colbert show? The idiots thought it was real and it was obviously a joke. They used to go on the show to be interviewed and embarrassed. It's like he's laughing at you guys. This is how stupid these people are. Yeah, you get the disclaimer at the start being like, we don't actually believe any of this. These are not our views. This is a parody. Blah, 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 blah. That being said, we're about to say a bunch of hate as shit. Yeah. <laughs> and please give us money. <laughs> Would you do it, Bob? You'd sell the fuck out <laughs> sitting over here trying to act like you wouldn't. Mm. Fuck you. Yes, you would. How heinous. Um, like who? It, transgender it, people are destroying society. See, um, because here's the problem. Here's the problem. Because then you're contributing to people getting hurt, and I'm not into that. I don't know that I'm I could rich, do that. Hmm? But if I'm rich, nah, I still don't know that I could do that. Kevin McCarthy is a genius. Matt Gates has incredible hair. Is <laughs> he? It's really the hair thing that I'd have to draw the line at. Lauren Boebert, she wasn't jerking that guy off in the crowd. They were just talking. No, you know what? And what a fine hand job it was. Honestly. She's doing incredible. the Lord's work. That man was so bored during that show. He was so backed up. <laughs> I don't Someone had to watching. help him, and she stepped in. What a great congresswoman. <laughs> She's um, not the step whore. She's the whore who stepped up. 
<laughs> Let's see. Uh, Mitch McConnell, a great man and not a turtle. How is he still alive? I mean, that's the, he's got that great health care they don't want anyone else to have. Uh, how great. I still maintain. It'd be great to watch him die live on television. Think about whoever, whoever, Just whatever. Just a keel over. Think about whatever team of doctors kept Trump alive when he got COVID. That guy looked like he was on his deathbed. Yeah, he wasn't looking great. I mean, those doctors pretty much performed a modern-day miracle. Bastards. Fucking Hippocratic Oath. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just, they could just look the other way. It was like, come on, you today. guys can't take one for the team? Come on! But which team are they on, Erica? No, this is the, the, uh, the finger thing means the money. Do since we're on joking about politics, do we have anything to say about the biggest joke, the House Republicans? No, no, I don't have anything to say. Just, just idiocy, idiocy all around. And him being like, "Well, I would do it again." It's like just bend over and pull your pants down. I just thank you, sir. May I have another? I saw like a minute of when he did that whole press conference and he announced he wasn't going to run for speaker again. And he starts talking about his past and his background, and he's talking real sad. I came up doing this, and I worked hard my whole life. And it's like, let me tell you something, buddy. No one gives a fuck. No one gives a shit. <laughs> Not literally, literally zero. Because here's the thing. Care. Here's the thing. Everybody works hard. Everybody's working hard. You know, nobody. Everybody's busy. Everybody's trying their hardest, with the exception of some people. There's a few that aren't. <laughs> But it's like, and and then the, those people that I'm talking about are like the rich one percenters who have like are hoarding money like dragons. It's it's everybody. No one gives a shit about your like sob dragons story. hoard what? Hmm? What do dragons hoard? Money, gold, okay, stuff, All right. things. I just never heard how dragons hoard money before. Social media platforms. <laughs> I don't think they rename them stupid things, though, in an attempt to be. I think it would be edgy. hilarious if whatever banks lent them the money repossessed Twitter. But X, sorry, but I know that's not going to happen. Anytime I read these stories about how oh bad things going to happen to billionaire, I'm like, show me. Write write the story after it happens. Don't let don't. it happen first, and then we can have a conversation. Hey. Trump did have does have this whole thing going on in New York where he's about to lose all his business licenses. That would be funny Oops. if that happens. I mean, the way it's trending. Sorry. Sorry. Terrible. Terribly funny. No, no, no. That would be awful. It would be the worst thing that could happen. Mm. Hmm. I'm practicing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I want to tell you something, though. Bob, uh-huh. Erica's not going to give a shit about this. Oh, okay. I have, I have a shame, a great shame. Uh-huh. You know I've always played games on console for the most part. Yeah. And I built this sweet PC. Yeah. And it turns out, wow, some games really look a lot better on it. Mmm. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> what, what, what are we, what, what games are we, are okay, we talking about? Okay, well, there here? were two lately that came out on Xbox Game Pass that I wanted to try. And when I loaded them up on the Series X, they looked so bad. <laughs> and they were uh, Gotham Knights, which bombed. 
I don't know what resolution it's running at. Like the the picture quality's okay-ish. Like it's a little fuzzy. I have that was like fucked from jump though, wasn't it? Wasn't one of those Gotham games like really fucking like? Yeah, it just wasn't. It's like it, it was a co-op game, but no one really cared, and it's hmm. just I I don't know. It was just one of those games that didn't stick with people. It was. It's made. I think it. Um, might have been under the same umbrella as the developer that made the Arkham games, but it wasn't made by them. Okay. So it kind of has a little bit of that look, but the gameplay is a massive step down. Because those games were a lot were of fun. I oh, loved yeah. those games. And it's 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 like it's not great this Gotham Knights game, but it's running at who knows what resolution, and it's only thirty FPS. So you're dying. It's bad. You're dying. So I load it up on PC. I'm like, let me see how this runs. Because uh-huh. I'm just confused how this could be this bad on the Xbox. So I load up on the PC. All maxed out settings. On my TV. So it's running at 4K. 120 FPS. Mm-hmm. Locked. Mm. Like the, the, the frame rate doesn't move. Maximum resolution. And I'm like, okay. Don't get me wrong. My computer's more powerful than a Series X. Sure. It's not this ridiculous. It app. shouldn't be this, this much. Right. And the image was so sharp and so clean. <laughs> it looks so good. Uh-huh. I was like, what the fuck? Uh-huh. You know? Dying a little inside. And then the other one was uh, Warhammer 40K Darktide. And this looked, that was one you this, were talking about the other day. Yeah, right? and this looked legitimately terrible on the Series X. Like the, the so pixelated, textures are awful. It's all bad. It's, it just and this game was delayed a year on consoles, and it still looks bad. Oof. I load it up on my PC, and don't get this isn't like Gotham Knights. I can't like jack the settings through the roof, but I can run it at like fourteen forty p one hundred and twenty fps. And it still looks great. Right. <laughs> it's like it looks looks way better than my fucking Xbox. That's for sure. So now have you been like, well, the PC's right here. Well, I'm not like. Look, this is the thing. At the end of the day, I still want to play everything on a controller. Sure. And if something isn't crossplay or whatever, I would still play it on my Xbox. Gotcha. Um, but some of these games are crossplay, and then they're cross save, which is awesome. Ooh, where, that's nice. Where it just yeah, it just pulls the save from the Xbox servers, and you have the same Ooh. save on both platforms. Sweet. That's nice. Like that's yeah. such a nice little thing, you know, and it's actually a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a huge thing. I would say. Um, I mean, that would be like if I came over here and logged in on my profile on your Xbox, all my saves would just be there, yeah. which is great. That's that is like, nice. Think about back in the day, you had to lug the goddamn memory card all over the place, mm-hmm. and then you only had space on the memory card for maybe like a few saves, depending mm-hmm. on the game. Oh yeah. That was a pain in the ass. Yep. You'd forget it at a friend's and, house, and then you like, forget Fuck! it, or for some reason you didn't copy the save correctly, and now your save is lost, and you want to die. Or somebody like a sibling would like come in and play something, and they save over one save. of your saves, and you want to tear all their hair out of their head, and then like kill everyone in the house. Did this happen to you? No, <laughs> never. Um, but no, it was just like I was sitting there, I was like, God. And then you know it was funny. I looked it up. So you know how like the general way of measuring graphics performance is a teraflop. Yeah. You know about this. So a Series X does twelve teraflops. That's the amount of graphics power it has. Sure. A forty seventy, which is what I have, does 
28 teraflops. Now there's a 4080 and a 4090. Yeah. Would you like to hazard a guess what performance a 4090 has? That's the top. That's the top of the line. Now to give you some perspective on this, a 4070 is about $550. A 4090 is $1,600. 150 teraflops. No, that would be obscene. <laughs> I figured it was either really high well, or, yeah. No, it's 83 teraflops, I believe, which mm. is redonkulous. Yeah. And that's why people consider, like, assuming you can afford it, the 4090 is actually very well priced because the performance is insane. It's just you have to be able to afford a sixteen hundred dollar graphics. You have to card. be able to like justify that expense. Sure. And then and then the problem is the forty ninety is so powerful that even top 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 of the line processors can't keep up with it. So you're going to end up frame rate limited anyway because your processor can't like process all that data. So it's like what's what's the what's so the it's point? actually pointless, right? <laughs> but <laughs> but it's like. Dude, I saw that. I was like, holy shit, the forty the forty ninety is like two and a half times more powerful than my card, which is awesome. Yep. It's wild to think about. See, I told you you shouldn't have bitched out. Uh, no, I should have. Nah. You buying a forty ninety? No. No. Okay. Cause you should have bought one. But see, in like three years, that performance. Mm-hmm. will be $500. So there. Yeah, but then, you know, are you, you going to... Then know. there will be some hundred and bazillion hour, you know, teraflop chip. What what, what comes after Terra? Zetaflop? <laughs> They're going to have to come up with something. Once, <laughs> once you get into like the thousands, you have to come up with a new number, new naming scheme. Well, yeah, I mean, that's... That's right. yeah. That's yeah, kind of how because before teraflop it was gigaflop. Before gigaflop was megaflop. I don't know what's above tera. I know it's out there. I know the, the it's out there for like hard drive descriptions of storage space, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. So yeah, it turns out like when something's two and a half times more powerful than your console, things look and run a lot better. It's <laughs> weird. I mean, funny how that happens. Yeah, it's strange. Now I did. Speaking of things like memory cards, things of the days gone past, I did want to ask because one of the things we I forgot to bring up that I wanted to talk about from the whole Xbox leak was they were talking about you know a mid generation revision of the Series X and the Series S, mm-hmm. and you know the Series S that you guys have you know already doesn't have a disc drive. Yes, and they're talking about if these leaks actually end up being the product they come out with. Um, the Series X revision won't have a disk drive either. And, you know, I guess my question, like it's a few questions. One, do you care? Are you going to miss the Blu-ray drive? Uh, Do you use it? I mean, I know you guys don't really play games that much, but do you use the Blu-ray drive in your Series X like to watch movies or anything? We Um, do, yeah. Like how often do you use it? Not super often, but enough that I would be annoyed that it wouldn't be there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because, like, especially with movies, we're very much, like, buy it. We want the physical 
copy well, of the, the bit, movie. And the bit rate on the disc is going to be so much higher than what it would oh, be. Oh, yeah, because they're uncompressed. Service. Well, and even beyond that, though, it's just... To I have it. I want to have it. I want to own it, and it's like... There's just way too many instances where it's like, well, you own the license to view it. You don't actually own right. the movie. So if we lose the license, then you just wasted money. And that annoys me. And that's the same thing for video games, where if you do something or you, you know, whatever, they just decide to decree it. You, they could just shut down your Xbox or PlayStation account and you lose access to everything. See, I think what what the reason it doesn't bother me as much in gaming I mean, is because realistically i'm not gonna go back and play old games you know i I mean every now and then like i'll get the urge to go back and play mario brothers like you know a a game that's 30 some years old but um i know i'm not gonna go back and play mass effect again great as that series was i know I'm, i'm just not gonna do it um so if i if i lost that i i can live with having a time a relatively time bound license to a video game but when it comes to movies i mean there are movies that go back to the 70s and earlier of movies that i'm wanting i'm gonna watch periodically for the rest of my life and i'm ne- i never want to lose access to that i don't want to spend money on that to then have to spend money on it again in the future well I think you're kind of t- so from video game perspectives though I think where some people are sad is like a like kind of the preservation argument yeah. right That's and my biggest thing is it's just now you're not going to be able to play Keep talking. Well, and, well Keep and even like and even like not only maybe you could still play something but like you're always only able to pay, play like the newest version of a game the mm-hmm. most patched mm-hmm. up to date version and maybe for some reason you wanted to play the original version right but that doesn't you know that may just cease to exist as a thing and uh not everybody's gonna go back and give you a world of warcraft uh classic, classic right. right and even that isn't exactly isn't it's not exact a, it's not a one thing. for one copy because i think they actually lost the code or something i don't know which is wild to it's think hysterical. about <laughs> um like i'm sorry what I, that's actually i think that's actually a recreation i'm not sure i i think um i your argument or or that argument is very is valid like the the inhibit like the lack of preservation of contemporary video games does suck um unfortunately i think it's just one of those things where too many consumers just most people don't care don't care and i know like the vast because the flip side of it like we're talking about how we like we like to buy 4k blu-rays right because that's arguably the best way to view these films um as long as they do a good um release release uh you know most people don't care most people are just going to stream it i mean in the vast majority of time like we we, if we watch movies upstairs you know we're streaming it um it's only like when we're going to have a movie night and we're going to sit down we're going to make some popcorn and we're going to enjoy something on the tv down here that we're really popping into 4k so what the frustrating thing about it is that the there's not enough consumers who value that to keep it 
you know, keep it affordable. So you, you become a, you, you, you get into a position where if you want to keep doing this, you have, you get into like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you're, you have to, you move into like enthusiast spaces. Like a niche category. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking of like, um, like vinyl. Like Mm -hmm. if you get really into vinyl, like that is a rabbit hole. And, well, and, that, and that's the same argument that people make about, you know, uh, music where, you know, the popular medium to share music or sell music on was MP3. Yeah. Which is obviously a massive loss of quality compared to like Wave or whatever yeah. else. So it's, it's, I mean, we do the same thing on this podcast, right? You record it in Wave and then I compress it into MP3. That way it's not, you know, a gigabit. Yeah, or gigabyte. Sorry, right? Because it would be most weeks. It would be a gigabyte file if we didn't compress it. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, obviously, you're not gonna share it like that. No, no one would download it ever. <laughs> so, it's but it's yeah. It's, I guess it's just interesting, especially with video games, right? Because, you know, if you think about like carts back in the day, mm-hmm. right? There would be that run, like the initial run of carts, however many they thought they were going to sell or they wanted to get out there or whatever. And then maybe if there was uh, another run, like a game takes off, it's huge. They think, oh, we could sell another whatever, 10,000, 20,000, whatever units. We'll do another run. And maybe if there's time between that run, maybe the developer fixes some bugs or stuff like that. Sure, sure. And we get another version of the game. But even that wasn't, like, that common. And, mm-hmm. but you, and, you know, there would be some differences between different, you know, regions, versions of the game and stuff like that. But that stuff was a lot easier to preserve. Like, yeah. like ripping an NES cart, way easier than ripping the, a copy of fucking forza right like super mario brothers is like a eight megabyte game or something yeah yeah. <laughs> like forza is 130 gigs right a little different well, it's a little different to preserve that and they're they're built in with so many online stuff yeah like if it doesn't phone home like it might not work if um you know, so much encryption and the DRM stuff. Yeah, I, and which almost always only punishes like good, you know, people who are actually user. buying the game, right? Um, yeah, you know, it's it's a uh, it's an it's a it's interesting, it's bizarre uh, world. It is, and I, you know, in a lot of ways, the the manufacturers or the console manufacturers and the, the AAA game studios for sure have kind of pushed us in a direction where as much as I would like to buy a disc, there's really, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, because you put the disc in, it's got to copy the whole thing to the SSD anyways. Right. And, and then, then there's probably a hundred gig update. Yeah, and I mean, every now and then you get one, you get updates that are basically just, you have to re-download the whole game. Yeah. You know, so um, it, the game preservation right now is like, it's got to be near impossible. It's really hard, I'm sure. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of games like what you're talking about, like Overwatch does that, where, you know, there will be patches that might be like 500 megabytes or a gig. Mm. But every once in a while, they'll do a full game redownload because, and their reasoning is, is we are, it's a whole repackaging of the entire product to keep size down, to keep loading times down, because otherwise the game will just keep getting more and more bloated, and this allows us to recompress it. Overwatch is an interesting one to bring up too, because you can't play Overwatch one. Yeah, yeah, vanished. it just that's, it's gone. that's impossible. That sucks. Mm-hmm. That's shitty. It does suck in a way. It's actually funny. There's a patch. This is the, no one's going to care about this, but there's a patch coming out in Overwatch tomorrow, and one of the things they're doing. Because the community is so bad at playing Overwatch, <laughs> they're changing how the respawn system works when you die. So people will have a better chance to be grouped up after they lose a team fight. Because what happens in Overwatch when you're playing with idiots is you'll be in a fight, mm-hmm. three of you die, you're fucked, you're going to lose the fight. But the other two, maybe they stay alive 10 seconds longer instead of dying like they really should just to lose that fight completely and move on to the next. Well, then the three stupid fucks will run back and say, oh, I'm going to get back in on this fight. But by the time they got back, the other two are dead. dead. And now it's a five on three and they get smoked and you end up in a cycle of stupidity instead of never regrouping and just having another five versus five battle Sure, just wait five seconds and i have a hard time believing that this happens frequently enough (laughs) that they would want to patch it to handle it so what we've learned after like six or seven years of overwatch is humans dumb (laughs) so what they're going to try doing and see how the community reacts is let's say i die and I have a five-second respawn timer. Uh-huh. And within that five seconds, a teammate dies. Instead of like me respawning at the five-second mark like I should have, it'll make me wait a few more seconds. So we respawn together. Okay. And I suppose that's some way to try to kind of like focus people into, or force people into regrouping. But I just read that. I was like, okay, I have to see how it plays out. And is that going to go into competitive too? Not right away. They're doing it in quick play first to see what happens. Well, that makes sense. But they, you know, I got to see how it plays out. But when I, when I read this today, I just thought this is such a statement on the stupidity of this whole community that they have to try to change. Like, because really the baseline of overwatch, the absolute basic first thing is to group up to fight together. That's like number one. That's yeah, the whole thing. And people right. are so dumb that they have to try to force them to group up. That's funny. I, I, this is... That is an interesting... Th- like, it's funny that they have to do this, but or that they're choosing to do this, but it, it does show the benefit of the way games are now. In that, hey, we wanna we wanna experiment with this to try and make it better. There's no way that we could simulate this. The only way we could try we could figure out if this is gonna work is to put it into the main game where you know the the entire right a million people can test it for us and we can see what happens right because you know and 
you couldn't you could never do that in the cartridge days um for a number of reasons um you couldn't even do it in the early days of online play before they started doing all the updates so it there there are advantages to it um it's i i wish it would be really cool if the eu came out because we know the u.s wouldn't do it the u.s just come save us um if the eu said listen if you sell a game you have to produce a physical version produce a a version of it that will play on the hardware you're selling it for in perpetuity and it you know that way if you're if you bring everything offline um, there is still always going to be your core, you know, a core mm-hmm. product. Now, I know that's that is a real realistically, it's pretty much impossible, right? Especially because, like you said, so many games have baked in online parts. Yeah, and saying you know, whatever Overwatch has to work forever, no matter what. Well, then you're saying you have to run these servers until the day the apocalypse happens. No, I, I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you need. I'm. I would. I would like to see a games published with some with a way to play them offline. Like even if you like you can play against bots or something. Maybe it's not an ideal situation, not how you would want to play, but it's at least something. Or like something like. Where you, where you have to have, like, let's say you're gonna bring the game offline. Mm-hmm. Okay, you need to you need to publish what someone would need to do to get a server running so that people could continue to play. Like a third party. Yeah. yeah. Now maybe you can, you can write the license so that they can't make any money off of it. Which if didn't they talk about that in that Dan Olson video? The metaverse one, or it's rude to be bad at Warcraft. One of those, where there are companies that will the the EverQuest servers are still up, but it's like, yeah, just so the people can still play it. They're not necessarily making a ton of money off it, but they're still keeping it going. Yeah, am I misremembering this? I um maybe not. I just don't remember. I don't it. know. It's been a while. Well, and that that was the whole appeal, right? Of before WoW Classic came along, and I haven't looked into it recently, but, um, you know, it was the ability to go back and play older versions of World of Warcraft. Maybe people loved World of Warcraft before whatever expansion came out. Right. right. Or before, and then an expansion what, what was the out. one with the cataclysm that, like, completely changed? Like, Yeah, there was, like, Wrath of the Lich King, which I think was pretty well-received. I think... You know, it's like any game, right? The longer it goes, people tend to become more and more unhappy with it. But yeah, I don't remember if Cataclysm was super well received. I don't know. I just know that's people the one loved, that people like... People definitely loved Wrath of the Lich King, though. But I'm glad you brought up WoW Classic because... Um, and Dan Olson. Because one of, the, one of the things that he talks about in that video is... Like, even if they had released literally the original WoW... They didn't lose the source code, and they literally re-released it. The way gamers have evolved, 
made it so that like you could not play WoW Classic the way you played WoW back in the day because how you interact with other people has changed. And how people play the game has evolved. And also, I think with a lot of these games, you know, they get over the years, especially, they get a lot of quality of life updates, right? Mm -hmm. Like little things. But it might be a hundred little things that when you take them all away, now you feel like, holy shit, this game's archaic. Yeah. 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 Be like... uh, like playing Skyrim and then going back and trying to play Oblivion. It'd be like playing Skyrim and having like a hundred mods that have made the game exactly how you want it to be, and then losing access to all those mods. That's what it would kind of be like. Like the like even something as simple as a mod that allows you to have unlimited weight, so you don't have to worry about picking things up. Is there is there a mod in Skyrim that gets rid of all the question marks? <laughs> no, because I see I would still know they're there. And I don't think there were question marks in Skyrim. That's like a new thing that they torture people with. Yeah, I don't think there were question marks in Skyrim. It's been a while. There could be. Maybe Though there's I a will... mod to add question marks. I'm sure that there is. That Every terrible. now and again, I'll get a tickle the back of my head that's like, you should play Skyrim again. And I'm like, no. No, we beat it back with the broom. Play, play something new, Erica. Nah. I go through this all the time, and then I have to force myself to play I'm, something new. I'm shocked you haven't played Bioshock again. Ooh, I had that tickle like a few weeks ago. That was like, you know what you should do? You should play Bioshock. I feel like that's at least okay if you haven't played the remaster, because then you're kind of having a new experience in a sense. Can I tell you something? I played the remaster. Well, then you, you can't do that. <laughs> That's against the rules. You know what's going to happen the next time he goes away for like a long weekend or something? I'll fire up Bioshock. Because I could plow through that main story pretty quickly, I think. Um, I feel like there was something else related to that. Also, I apologize if they're swishing a fabric. I got my shots today, and I'm trying to keep the arms and my muscles, <laughs> muscles in my arms loose. I'm going to check in tomorrow, Bob, see if you're getting any fun side effects. Side effects. You got that Moderna, I heard. That's the more side effect one. Yeah. Well, and Bob didn't get his flu and COVID at the same time. See, I, think, I think that's the right decision. I think you spread them out so your body doesn't get assaulted. Yeah. Last time you did that, Erica, you paid. I feel like last year wasn't so bad. The year before that, I feel like, was bad. There one of those times recently, you got them both at the same time and you suffered for a couple days. No, yeah, I was like gone for, it's never a couple days for me. It's usually a day. Like when we had that stomach bug, I was sick for a solid 24 hours and then I was fine. Mm-hmm. Bob was sick till like Wednesday. Well, yeah. no, nothing's worse than, yeah, like a food poisoning or diarrhea or something because you just get so, the flu because you get so sick for a day or two. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, I'm good. No, but those no, days, right. those two it's days miserable. are pure hell. I haven't had the flu in so long. Like, I don't want to sit here and curse myself. I haven't had the flu you've in You've said the last couple times that you've come here, you have said that. So you are setting trying, yourself up, sir. But you two, but see, I don't seem to ever pick anything up from you two. And Bob especially is sick every other day. Nah, Bob gets like these long lingering coughs that like, and then he used to before COVID- in the spring and the fall, Bob would get deathly ill for, like, a couple days. And you could set your watch by it. Yeah. And then I don't get... When I do get sick, it's gnarly. But I don't get sick often. Yeah. 
Oh, I remember what I was going to say related to the video game stuff. So one, Sony is some sort of revision of the PS5 that's coming out maybe next year or something. But the rumor is on that one is that is a digital box again, but at least they're going to sell a Blu-ray like ex- ex- external drive you could hook up if you want to. So that's at least, you know, that's a way of doing it. If if you can, because I think that's kind of a win-win, right? It's not a win-win maybe from an aesthetic standpoint, but you it's know what's a win- funny about that though, is that we were talking about how, what was it? A couple generations ago, Xbox was like, they movies, were movies, just, movies, their, movies, their messaging movies, movies, was movies. so bad. Right. Yeah. And now it's like, oh no, we're going to take the. Ev- everyone's doing what they wanted to do. They're just doing it like 10 years later. And that's what happens sometimes, right? Is you're. You just happen you to try be... to do something and you're either too early or you. The Sega Dreamcast. You, well, the Dreamcast I thought was a great product. Um, well, not a lot of people did. Not a lot of people I, bought it. I just. Yeah, I mean, the PlayStation just ate them alive. But. Um, well, and they kept a lot of games in Japan and didn't bring them over, which was weird. If memory yeah. serves, but that's like a long ass uh, time ago, so whatever. Oh, and that meant that was the age of physical distribution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so I think that's kind of like a good middle ground is to say, okay, we're going to, you know, we want to make the box digital. It reduces cost. Sure. It reduces complexity because it's one less thing we got to keep working, um, and reduces size in theory, even though probably not much. Um, well, they're going to keep that thing vast. And then, you know, yes, we'll still sell you a Blu-ray drive. If It'll you want the option, it's here. 50 or 100 bucks or something. Okay. But it's here if you want it. Um, and I think that makes sense, especially from Sony's perspective, since Blu-ray is their technology. Um, well, and like you were saying earlier, I do think a lot of people are just like content to have all of their stuff digital. Yeah. We're an anomaly in that, I think. It is. It it really is like a convenience thing, right? In a lot of ways, even if it's not the best way to view a movie, Mm -hmm. it's nice to just go onto your Mm -hmm. digital library or whatever and say, "Click, I want to watch this." Yeah. No, for sure. And and I will say, most of the stuff that we've purchased, we do have a digital copy of. Oh yeah. For easy access, but normally, like we watched Pacific Rim again a few months ago. You don't say. I know, shocking. And we came down here and we actually put it in and we watched it. Ooh. Yeah. The basement. I didn't know the TV down here got used. It does. Yes. And all like at some point this winter, I am going to sit down and rewatch the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. And I will watch those on the 4K. I only I don't... watched those once. I thought they were like, they were mediocre. They're I fine. enjoy them. They're fine. They're like a seven. Maybe a six. Mm. Maybe a three. Hmm. Studios learned all the wrong lessons from it. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. You, you, I interrupted you. Oh, it was all I was going to say. It was just, and I'll watch them because I bought the 4Ks and I don't think I've actually sat down and watched them yet. Well, you know what's fun though? Because like, for me, that's, uh, you put that on and I'm like. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I pulled out, because we, we don't have them all on a shelf. We have a, a big binder of them. And. It was fun to like pull the binder out and I was going to look for Pacific Rim and I'm flipping through it. I'm like, ooh, The Thing. Ooh, Mad Max. Ooh. Like, and I'm like, these are, oh, I should go back and watch these. We still haven't watched our 4K of The Thing. We really no, we, should do we, that we, this should. month. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, and it's, you, you're, you're flipping through it and you know what's not in there? Garbage. <laughs> ads. Well, ads as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know you just you're just sitting there 
You're looking at your personally curated collection of movies and that is it and it's it's just kind of nice it's nice to have something that is disconnected some dvds though i don't know about blu-rays but some dvds definitely had ads on them and some of them were hard to skip well they had like the uh yeah uh, remember when you would rent movies from blockbuster or something they were loaded with ads oh yeah but usually i feel like and that could be wrong i thought there was a way to skip like the trailers at the beginning of those some uh, sometimes yeah not every time but it's been a minute since you've been able to like go and physically like we did the day after Thanksgiving a while ago. Not when we were still doing our movie podcast. This is pre-COVID. This is pre-Izzy. This is pre-Flood. This is a long ass time ago where we went and I think we rented like six or seven movies. And over the course of that weekend, we'd watch them and then we record an episode about it. And that was fun. We hadn't like yeah. I miss being able to go to the video store and like you know picking out a couple movies and then coming home and that's just what you're watching yeah and i mean the the ads at the beginning of those blu-rays they were or they were never they were annoying well it wasn't usually just for other movies they're trailers yeah, weren't just they? trailers yeah so like you pop it on you get it going you go in the kitchen you get you go have a pee you kind of yeah. get yourself ready and you, you come back and the, the menu's you're up at the for menu, you yeah so but you know it's not like it's not like you you log in to your Roku or your Fire TV or whatever it is, and there's one you got to find the app that has the movie that you want on it, which can be a crapshoot. Um, and then you got to sift through all of their ads and all the other shit they want you to watch. And it's like, no, it's it, it's just annoying. It's convenient. And when you're just like, when we're upstairs with Izzy and she just wants to watch a movie, like, yeah, I would not want to have to pull a disc out and or company like, move downstairs. Right. right? Like, it's like it, she wants it. Let's just flip it. on. But now. when I want that, when I want to, when I want to sit down and watch a movie and I want to relax and enjoy it, it is so much better to come downstairs, pull out that binder and just enjoy it rather than if you had izzy 20 years ago let's say you lived this same age 20 years ago you had izzy uh-huh. she would have destroyed so many dvds uh-huh <laughs> oh remember remember doing that just like watching a tape until it just melted i remember one time i rented some shitty game from blockbuster this is when i was like who knows how old i can't remember oh the crapshoot of renting the game from blockbuster and not knowing if it was going to be good or not and then getting it home and being like, wow, this is dog shit. Fuck. And I must have, I what I'm sure I must have done knowing what I know now is I returned the box, but not the game. And then all of a sudden I'm hearing, you know, from Blockbuster, I think like next time I went there, oh, you didn't return the game. It's like, yes, I did. I would not return the game. Right. You know, so I was like obstinate. I'm like, I returned that game for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think eventually, you know, I argued with the person. Well, and they're just like, we're not going to. And they're gonna, that person yeah. just didn't care or something. So they kind of just like axed out, right? Like it never happened. You know, like you like you did return it. And then like legitimately five years later, I'm cleaning a bunch of shit out. And oh, there it is. And here's the disc that I essentially stole from Blockbuster. 
Now I never play. Of course, I never played that game. Anymore. Right. I didn't know I had it. Right. That's outstanding. And it's just like it's just you're the funny, reason though. they went under. It was me. Son that was the bitch. straw. There's um, still that one blockbuster open. Is it still there? there? Is it still it going is, strong? In Oregon? Is it Oregon or was it like Alaska or something? I thought it was Oregon. I don't know. The other thing I wanted to talk about, one last topic related to video games, is I saw, I think it was the head of Capcom was talking about how video games are not expensive enough. And I think it's a situation where I agree but also disagree, and a lot of it is self-created by the video game companies. And I think Capcom specifically, what they're probably more trying to say is that they're going to start doing $70 games, right? Because I think like all their games are still $60 games and a lot of companies are doing $70 games yeah. now, right? Um, but even at 70 you could make the argument a lot of games are underpriced. But the problem is you don't really know that until like the game's out for a long time. And you've either played it or a lot of people have played well, it. Well, you don't know how much time... Like, for something like The Witcher 3, I we got for, I don't know, maybe It's like, like you stole from them. Yeah. Like, the amount of time and enjoyment that I have gotten out of that game, it's yeah. like pennies on the hour of, like, yeah. if that. Like, fractions of pennies. Like, I, I had a solid, like... I don't know, six, seven, eight months where I was just, that was what I did every night when Izzy went to sleep, and it was fucking great. Well, and and there's two ways to look at it, right? There's the time way, which is how you're looking at, but there's also a quality perspective. Sure, definitely. I don't necessarily mind spending, you know, $70 on a game that's, say, 20 hours long, or 15 hours long, or even even 10 hours long, if it's an incredible game. Well, it would also... Yeah, it's uh, is it good? And it's if it was a solid ten hours, yeah, I'm not mad about it. Right, and but I think the problem is, you know, a lot of games they come out and they're in a certain state, they're broken, or maybe they are very buggy, and so I, I think a lot of because you know, especially with single player games, right, the chance the companies have to make the most money is right when they come out. Yeah. When really, that when first, they're full price, at first mm-hmm. like couple weeks or whatever, and uh, you know, but but the thing is, especially not as it's not as bad in this generation, but especially in that Xbox One, PS4 generation, a ton of game companies basically taught people don't buy shit when it comes out because every game is busted because it sucks, right? And then you have to wait like six months or a year. And they'll patch the hell out of it. And then it'll be good. And then you'll get to play the good game. Right. But then by the time they've patched the hell out of it. You've moved on. The game, well, maybe you've moved on. Or maybe the game is $20 instead of being $60. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they got money out of you eventually. But not But not what they would have if they would have released a polished product out the door. And, you know, a lot of companies still struggle with this. Again, it's not quite as bad as it used to be. But I think it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Where companies say game development costs are too high uh which i also think is a lot of times like bad planning and their fault but game development costs are too high and games cost too much to make and nobody buys them but then the game's busted so whose fault is that right you've made a (laughs) busted product i'm choosing not to buy your shit ass product 
And the obvious example in recent memory was Cyberpunk, right? Where it was so busted that they Sony actually removed it from sale on this PlayStation storefront, which is unprecedented. Yeah. Not not a great look. But no, I've heard now it's like great. And that's the and that's the funny thing, right? Is now apparently it's incredible and they've patched it for two years and you know, they spent like the figure is the rumor is they spent something like a hundred and seventy five million dollars between Ooh. patching the shit out of the game and then developing this Phantom Liberty DLC. And it's like, OK, now you're kind of With at the Idris. point right, where you <laughs> kind of finally get to play the final product. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's also two years later. Right. You know, and that's kind of the funny. That's the. That's the funny but also frustrating thing about video games is sometimes you feel like, well, I would like to play so-and-so game, but I'm actually better off to wait a year. Yeah. And and that's where it's kind of the self-fulfilling prophecy that all these games, have, these publishers and developers have created is they release a semi-broken product and then they're like, why did no one buy our game? Because it's shitty. Who could figure this one out? <laughs> It's funny because it really is kind of like a video game thing. That's really not, you don't see that. Like a book is a book. Book's right. out. And the know? book tends to get proofread before it's released. Right. And edited. Right. It goes through like a couple rounds of that before it gets out there. Movies, you know? Yeah, if you if you bought a book and the book had like a thousand spelling errors in it, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? Like, this wasn't self-published. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> like, who did this? Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. So that's the thing when it comes to video games is I feel like maybe some games are really underpriced, right? Like maybe a finished product cyberpunk is underpriced, but is day one release hilariously busted cyberpunk, uh, uh, underpriced? No. Well, not only that, but you've also trained people forever to just be like games are 60 bucks. If you, maybe if you had been slowly raising... As you went, uh-huh. well, they were even more expensive back in the day, don't you? Like some SNES games, I swear, were a hundred dollars. Maybe. And then something happened where, remember. like, suddenly they settled on this sixty-dollar price point. I don't know if maybe making the discs is cheaper. Well, that was that's the last time that cost savings actually got passed on to the consumer. Yes, because cartridges were more expensive. Then they switched to CDs. And suddenly games across the board got like $20 cheaper, like overnight. Well, that's the beauty of competition. Yeah. You know, because if you're caught, you like, even though everyone is conditioned, let's say, to spend $80, well, if I can take a $20 hit because uh, I'm saving so much money on switching to, one, to a new product, well, I'm going to like just absolutely destroy my competition on volume for a cycle because I'm going to drop my price. And then that forces um, competition to, to do the same. The, the gaming companies have been in this really interesting cycle for a very long time of not raising prices on games and they're, they've gotten by on, you know, DLC and microtransactions and other means of monetization. Um, but 
I think that they're reaching a point where they've pretty much tapped that potential and they're getting and and you're seeing this in other industries too like namely like uh, restaurants is another good example where uh, where prices have been artificially suppressed for a very long time and now you're getting a course correction and every time this happens it's painful now one one place this happened that was very interesting to me was with Metra here in Chicago area. It's the regional rail. Um, their prices were kept very low for a long time. They didn't touch them. And then finally when they were able to touch, I can't remember if like they were prohibited from raising prices or whatever it was, but they didn't raise prices for a very long time. And then when they had to, they were like, no, listen, we're, we have to raise prices a lot and we'll try and spread it out. But for us to stay operational and getting your ass downtown to work, you're going to have to pay a lot more. And it sucked like that. That was a significant jump in price that you're paying every day. And, um, the difference between Metra and video games, though, is I could just decide not to buy a video game. I can't just decide not to go to work. Right. And even though Metra got like more expensive, it was still way cheaper than driving downtown every day. So it's video games. I love I love talking about the video game industry because it really is such a like because it's purely optional it's purely entertainment it's not something that anyone needs it's fascinating to see how um the consumer market responds to it and a lot of times you would say okay well if the video game company puts out you know because it's so bad if they put out a bad product, people aren't going to buy it. But that's not true. People still buy it. They might not buy it in, as as heavily. Depends on the depends on the game. You know, if it was what was that one earlier this year that was absolutely from Microsoft that was so bad. Oh, Redfall. Yeah, that was you know. Um, well, that really just kind of came and went, didn't it? Well, and again, <laughs> that only just like this week got the patch to make it sixty FPS. Yeah, that took like six months or something yeah that's ridiculous yeah but by and large gamers are still going to buy bad games or mediocre games i shouldn't say bad if a game is truly bad people won't buy it but they tolerate gamers tolerate mediocrity i think it depends on the ip quite a lot i I think it depends on the ip because i'll give you an example because i wanted to kind of you know another thing i read is you know a lot of these Companies, they like to say, oh, game development costs are rising. Mm-hmm. But you go look at some games. You know, I think the number I saw for Cyberpunk was it was something. I am i can't remember the number right now. But the initial cost of developing, like, base Cyberpunk was something like $400 million. And, you know, right there, though, you look at a game. They're coming off The Witcher 3. Sure. Mega hyped. Advertised like crazy. 
Keanu stars in the fucking game. Sure, sure, sure. They know, and this proves it out, they know it doesn't matter what they release. They're going to make back all their money day one, right? And that's what happened. Even though the game got reviewed poorly, even though there was a shitload of bad press out there about it. People still bought it. People still bought it. Now, maybe not as much as they would have. Right. You know, but they still made back all their money and then some day one. They didn't hit their projections. They didn't hit what they said they were going to sell, but they still made a very healthy profit. And, but that's cyberpunk. And they right. can get away with that because of all the reasons I just explained. Other games, you know, there was a game earlier this year, the Callisto Protocol. I don't know what was going on, why, if it was feature creep or too great of a scope or what happened, but that game cost something like $150 million to make, and they didn't even come close by... Mm. It seems like they didn't even come close to making that money back. Mm -hmm. Then you look at a game like Control, right, which is like the Max Payne studio remedy, uh, Alan Wake, all them. I think and, I played a little bit of that. And Control was outstanding. And that had like a that was like a triple A quality game and they made that game for thirty million dollars. So, you know, maybe that's better planning. You know, maybe that's not like having to restart a game in the middle of development. You know, like who knows what the reasons are. Well, and did but that you, get any advertising? It got advertising, but, but not to maybe, the amount like right. Right. Um not certainly not like a cyberpunk would or something. But, and you don't have to pay Keanu. That too. Um, but that's something that should be planned for a game, right? Is, oh, we're, you know, if we suddenly get in like Lance Reddick and Keanu Reeves and Idris Elba and everyone else, like, well, yeah, the development costs are going to go through the fucking roof. I and do I, think some of it is very poor planning. I think it's got to be poor planning or something on a lot of these studios' parts because I just don't know, like, why some random game that no one's ever heard of you're come up with these insane development costs mm-hmm. and then you're shocked when the game bombs it's like yeah i what what i wonder about cuz you know and i have absolutely no concept of how these game studios actually work and what their environments are like you know i i do software development but very in a very different kind of atmosphere. Um, and it's just so bizarre. But one thing I will say is a lot of times something that happens in, in software development is somebody comes to you and says, we want to make this. Yeah. And what they tell you is very vague. And they don't give you any specificity. They just say, do this. And then you're like, um, okay. And so you go and you do it to the best of your ability. You, you probably have to make a lot of assumptions and you know maybe make some aesthetic choices that are just your own interpretation. Um, but you never know if, the client's going to like it. And I have to imagine that happens a lot in video games where they send a team out, they give them 
something vague. They come back, they show them, and then it's endless and endless cycles of revising it. Right. And and little tweaks and this and that. And it makes what I wonder is. And then you do that for a year, and then yeah. they say, "Well, we're going to scrap that feature." Yeah. And all that work you just did is just like part of the budget, but it didn't produce anything. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, in this is this is where good management and good direction and having a solid vision of what the final product is going to be um, is so important. And I do I do sympathize to a degree if like you come in with something that you think is a really good idea and you spend a year developing it and then you sit it down and you give it to somebody who hasn't touched it because this is this is a hard thing about software development you get so sucked into like making thing and you think it's so cool for x y and z reason and like as the developer you're like oh this is awesome this is what we had to do to make this work and but you're you lose it's really easy to lose get lost in the sauce get lost in the sauce and and not realize that while all of that might be cool the consumer still thinks it's boring and yeah. you know and so like if you do you spend a year doing that and then you do some play testing with it and your play testers are like want either it's dog shit or eh, I'm just not interested in keep playing like that sucks well and that's the other that's the thing right of something like a you know such a creative field mm -hmm. is especially when you're developing something completely new right because even when we talk about you know it's probably easier to work on say a Call of Duty game because even if it's boring, you're kind of working within certain constraints, right? The game's kind of going to, it's going to run on this engine. It's going to play like this. We need to have 12 guns or whatever. It we needs need to, have to be, 15 new there's maps. A, there's but a, there's a blueprint. Right. Whereas if you're making, you know, the example I gave, the, the Callisto Protocol or Control, these are completely new games with no IP, no blueprint to follow. And, you know, on one hand, you see a game developed for not that much money where maybe they had really great planning and maybe they... A well, solid vision, I would yeah, say. Yeah, maybe they hit on everything they were trying to do in development so they didn't have to throw things out and try again. You know, I, I don't know. Or maybe they just don't pay anybody any money where they go develop the game. I, I don't no feel like that game had a very clear sense of what it wanted to be from what I played of it. And I didn't finish it, but I did enjoy what I played. And it just seemed like we're doing this and we're not going to worry about adding in like a multiplayer like sure. feature or we're not going to worry about adding on this or like a battle royale nonsense. It's just, this is just what the game is. Yeah. <coughs> we have a strong vision and this is, this is what we're doing. And it could even be much smaller than that, right? You could say... You know, maybe at some point in in another version of Control, in another universe where they were developing Control, maybe there was a whole RPG system, right? Maybe sure. you, you know, went and had to gather resources and you had to craft upgrades for your character or whatever and all this stuff. 
And maybe in another universe, they try to design that and they try to play test it and they do art for it and they do programming for it. And then they decide, actually, we don't want that in the game. It's not working. And that's an extra $10 million of development time that you just threw into the game that actually didn't produce anything, right? Mm -hmm. But in our universe of control, maybe that didn't happen. Right, where they were like, maybe that initial meeting of what what are we doing here? What features do we want? Right. What's what are we the gonna, scope of the project? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, and I think it's, and, it's and, we have a scope and we just have to stick to the and, scope. And that's kind of what you're saying, right? Is it on a, maybe if you have a great producer. Yeah. And this is where like someone like that maybe doesn't get the appreciation they deserve, right? Because the producer is like, maybe like your Steve Jobs type. They're not in there that's coding exactly the game. exactly who I was thinking of. They're not coding the game. But it's a good guy. You know, there's like hand. this guy, uh, Rod Ferguson. He used to work for Microsoft. He Well, he used to work for Epic. He helped get a lot of the Gears of War games out. And then when Microsoft bought Gears of War, they eventually brought him in to help ship like Gears 4 or Gear, Gears 5 or something. And then he eventually went to Blizzard to help them ship Diablo, Diablo 4. And this is kind of what this guy is known for, is he goes around and projects that maybe are floundering a little bit or they need some guidance or direction. Yeah. He comes in and he says, okay, we're focusing in on this. We're cutting that. We're going to make this really good and we're going to get it out the door. Yeah. Right. And I think more games need some, and that's like probably not an easy thing to do. Right. Especially because if you're coming from the outside, you're coming in and now you're like basically shitting on other people's work. Right? Yeah. yeah. But you need someone to come in and focus the team and focus on what's important and ship the game. It's it's why it is like ha- bringing someone into a project like that later into like I wouldn't say late but like somewhere in the middle of development who's fresh and who can really assess what needs to be done is so valuable. Um it really is because you can you'll just spend so much time developing stuff that's not important and it's 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 not that you're you're bad at your job or that what you're doing isn't cool from a technical standpoint but if the client your gamers won't appreciate it there's no point in doing it so um have like a guy like that yeah is worth their weight in gold yeah you know what's interesting is, is you're talking you're talking through this. Is this is actually reminding me of Taco Bell? Hmm. Interesting. So let's see how we got it. What what a pivot! What a pivot! <laughs> the man just wants to talk about his daily taco. He does. Okay? Did we get the daily taco today? Yes. Okay. Um. What a silly question. But have you missed a daily taco yet? I not. Okay. But this so. is that's that's not why I wanted to talk about Taco Bell part of the reason why I want to talk about Taco Bell. Well, maybe it's, maybe it's maybe it's the reason why it's at the top of mind and and like it it came out of the 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 vat of balls of topics. Anyways, um Taco Bell when it's the like I read something that like it took like 8 years for them to de- develop and launch the Doritos Locos Taco. Um, Don't hold me to that number, but it was like a a really long time. Even like the Crunchwrap took a long time to develop. And 
when I was reading about this, the article was talking about like Taco Bell's um, approach to creating or and releasing new products. Um, now, generally, like like all chains, they have their test restaurants in certain markets, and you know if they do well there, then they push them out. But to even get to that point, there's a pretty rigorous um, development cycle. And which is interesting because Taco Bell is known for like putting, they've always got something new that's out there, but they, they have a rule. Any new product can do one of two things, but not both at the same time. It can either present a new flavor in an existing form factor Mm-hmm. Or it can pre- present a existing or new flavors. Wait, it's new, form factor and form flavors. Factor. Yeah, you can you can do one or one or the other has can be it new. Can have a new flavor or a new form factor, but not both. Right. That's the thank you. Um, and that's really interesting. And I wonder if. Sometimes with some of these gaming companies, if they're trying to do both, you know, like maybe they have a really great idea for um, a, a story universe, but then they're also saying, well, we need to do something crazy physics wise to go with it. And it's like, no, no, no. Give it like you're not Half-Life 2. No, but give like do, like. Give us the cool universe with controls we know. Maybe slight tweaks. Don't, if you go completely new, like new IP, and then like a whole bunch of new controls or stuff, like you're setting, you if you execute it, it could be the greatest thing ever. Half-Life 2. Well, and that's what's kind of funny about like when Halo first got going and got really popular and exploded, right? Original yeah. Halo. That kind of became the standard control layout going forward for all first-person shooters, right? Yeah. And maybe, like, Call of Duty might have put, a f- like, a tweak or two on it, and that kind of became the standard. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of even even till today. Like, those are, like, the standard control layouts, right? Yeah. So Imagine is, getting it that right. Yeah. That, you know. You know, it's, it's, that makes me think, because... As we've mentioned many times, I'm a huge Tony Hawk fan. Um, I cannot play the Skate series because the controls are different. Well, that sometimes you get on games and you just think these are controls are weird. Like it doesn't. It's it's not even the. It's like it doesn't even matter what the game is. But some games, like there will be a, you'll play a game and it'll be really important to have access to jump. Uh-huh. And then they'll put jump on A, and it's like, well, this doesn't work. Because then to jump, I have to move my finger off the thumbstick, and this isn't intuitive. Uh Now, in some games, maybe jump isn't important. Maybe all you do is you climb a ledge here or there, and so it doesn't matter that jump's on A. But in other games, you need jump to be accessible all the time. You know what game had really disappointing controls? Um, What did it come out last year? Shredders? Yeah, I remember that being weird. Yeah, the controls were like impossible for me. And I, cause it was like, oh, cool. A new snowboarding game. I'd, you know, love to give it a try. 
and then I went to play it, and I'm like, yeah, I played this... the tutorial. I was like, this is just something's off. Yeah, it just didn't work. And it bombed. That game bombed. I mean, I never heard anyone talk about that game ever, really. Yeah. And if you get on Game Pass and your game doesn't take off, it's not taken off, you yeah. know, because that's you're not getting any more exposure than that. Yeah. Other than maybe you go on like the PlayStation Plus free thing, and then they just give like when Rocket League came out, they just gave that game away and it exploded. Yeah, you know that's about as good as it can get exposure wise. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of you know, it's funny because I'm so used to, or and everyone really is so used to a certain standard that you know when certain games come out, and I, you know, the I was playing that like I told you, I was playing that Warhammer 40k Dark Tag game. Mm-hmm. And that's a first-person shooter slash, like, melee magic kind of game. and But first-person shooter, basically. And that game's controls are just, like... Like, you get on a game and sometimes it's just like, okay, this is a little stiff. Sure. And I feel like I'm kind of fighting against the controls. And when I try to shoot people, I'm always, like, a little off. And I have to fight really hard to get my aim on someone, which means the aim assist is probably programmed in a strange way. Uh-huh. And you can get on these games and maybe... You know, from a dev, like I'm not a game developer. I can't say, "Oh, you need to do this to fix this." Yeah. But I could get on a game and I could say something's wrong. Yeah. You know. Well, because some things, it's like, wait, why are you messing with something that works? You know, there's a standard for a reason. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Well, in some games, just nail it right. Like it, it's like I'm taking a pretty big break right now. But something like Destiny, Destiny feels so good just to play. That even when there's nothing to do and even when there's no content, you can still have a pretty good time because it's just so much fun to shoot at things on Destiny. Yeah. And that's where, like, and again, we're talking about, you know, that's the Tiger engine. That's Halo. And, you know, they nailed this stuff decades ago. Right. Right? <laughs> why? Why am I fucking, and like, I'm not going to fuck with a good it thing. it still feels incredible. Right. You know. Funny that. I mean, that was one of my issues with Back for Blood is it's like, okay, there's just kind of, it's like clunky and something's off and it's not right. And it's like, maybe it's not fair. It's kind of like Horizon Zero Dawn, okay? Horizon Zero Dawn to me was at that time the gold standard of a third person action game. It felt so good just to move around and mm-hmm. fight monsters and shoot your bow and everything felt fluid and you never felt like you were fighting against the game. And you play that, and then and now, again, is it fair to compare a game that Sony probably spent hundreds of millions of dollars developing and perfecting to some double-A game from some no-name developer? That's probably not fair, but, you know, you compare things to the standard. Yeah, That's right. just, that's just well, human nature. This is what's out there. I'm going to make the comparison. Right. And again, like, remember, that's some of the stuff that got leaked from all that FTC stuff was, you know, uh, Last of Us 2 and Horizon Forbidden West both cost like $300 million to make. But again, those are games Sony knows they're going to make that money back. Right. There's no question about it. Right. Yeah. Games. Games. What else you got, Bob? Well, since I touched on it. Mm. Taco Bell. The taco streak. What What is this again? It's $10 for a month of tacos, but you can only get one a day. Is Correct. That the deal? What's funny now is I'm thinking of that like first promo where the Undertaker like referenced the streak. 
And he was like, the streak. I never talk about it, but just, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. What are you going to do, Bob, if one day Erica says, hey, your free taco for today? I want it. Well, I will still have redeemed a taco from Taco Bell and... The streak lives. The streak lives. It's like when it was like versus like Giant Gonzalez and like it was, he didn't really win. It was like a double count out or some nonsense. They didn't lose. He didn't lose. So the streak, the streak abides. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I mean, I'm just tickled by, I think I did the math on it. And if I get a taco, if I if I can manage to get a taco every day for the thirty days, the Doritos Locos taco it comes out to like eighty three dollars that I will have spent ten dollars for. That's crazy. That's, I didn't even know that that taco was that expensive. So you're basically stealing from them. Yeah. Yeah, but they're getting you. They just want you to get in the door. Sure. If they get you in the door. No one. I mean, you're a maniac. You're going on your walk and you're going to get your taco. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Most Everybody else is going stuff, and they're ordering several other tacos and a drink, which costs them nothing. Like it's. Yeah. Yeah. The drink, the soft drink is the greatest scam that all the fast food places came up with. Like who came up with it first? Because, you know, that $3 soda they sell you cost them like two cents. You know, I heard something interesting. Um, I heard that McDonald's is going to get rid of the fountains for mm-hmm. you, the self-serve fountains. Indoors, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Because they don't want you going back for seconds? I, mean, I don't think that was the reason. I mean, the reason they gave is that consumers aren't hitting the fountain enough anymore. Mm. And um, that consumer behavior is changing probably, or hopefully, and I hope it's true. I hope it's that... People are like, okay, I don't need to go back for three and four refills of Coke. Of this giant soda. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but, and so that because consumer behavior is changing, it's not worth maintaining, um, you know, a bank of thousands of these things across the country. Yeah. So um, it's got to be like a maintenance thing. It has to be, they've decided. Whatever they were saving on labor mm-hmm. by having labor and time by having these machines out on the floor that the customer serves themselves with must not the math isn't working out anymore. Yeah. And being McDonald's and, and McDonald's has had some flops over the years, but generally McDonald's is very calculating. Like they don't make changes unless they've done their homework. So um you know, they, I, I, I would believe it. Does McDonald's? I haven't been inside a McDonald's in legitimately decades. Does McDonald's have those Coke machines where it's like the fucking five billion flavors are programmed into it? No, it's just a normal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because I would feel like you know some places like Five Guys have those machines, and I would think Coke wants those in the fucking fast food place, right? Um. I get. I don't know. I, I know. Feel like I only ever see those in the movie theater. Movie theaters and Nando's Five Guys has one as well. Oh, I think. Nando's, yeah. So there are restaurants that have them for sure. I've heard they're as an employee, like they're a pain in the butt to maintain hmm. because there's. I would think there's so many cartridges that go in it. Yeah. And like, if one thing's out, 
then like you get customers complaining that hey like the, the cherry out. flavoring is isn't available the and, cherry like orange flavor that i want that no one else drinks isn't available yeah so i've i've heard employees fucking hate it but um i hate them because the like damn touchscreen is so finicky um but okay boomer yeah no no I, I, sometimes they're right <laughs> yeah i mean that's uh, just give me i like the just let me put my you know where has the best coke 7-eleven i don't know what 7-eleven's agreement with coke is their coke fountain coke crack cocaine is the best i haven't had 7-elevens it used to be Portillo's, but Portillo's, they changed something. It's kind of fallen off the Coke over there. It used to be so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's it's stuff that's it's, it's as simple as what container are you serving it in, right? Like, what what material is the cup made out of? Because okay. that can throw off taste, too. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's just like I don't like really – I mean, I'll still drink it, of course. But I'm not a big fan of Coke out of a – plastic container i like it out of an aluminum can you know i don't know what it is it's just my preference mm-hmm. yeah i can see that i've never been big into the glass bottles i know some people swear by them Ooh, i do like a glass bottle but yeah. that's so expensive is the problem yeah yeah for sure glass bottle number one but very expensive yeah but yeah anyways 30 days of zero extra dollars sent to Taco Bell. You going to keep that going? Like if you get through all 30 and you have a taco every single day, you going to keep it going? No. You're just doing 30. Yeah, just what I paid for. No, but I say, I'm say i saying like, oh, is it only a one-time thing? It's a one-time. Not... This is a one-time promotion. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you could like keep doing it. No, but what is interesting is I've gotten a couple extra tacos for free too so like i had to you have to like make an account on the app to get this thing so i got a free taco for um for creating an account and then there was um like a couple days ago they were like here vote for which student section's been the best at college football and i'm like i don't fucking care here this one and I guess I picked the right one because I got another free, free taco. taco. <laughs> Thank you, Ohio State. <laughs> hey, Erica. For and, that and Bob. Literally nothing else. And Bob, uh, you have some catching up to do just a little bit because you know what started up yesterday. Spy Family. Spy Family Season 2. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know. Now that they have the... Uh, well, yeah, because we watched the sub the sub yeah so it's just it's up right yeah okay there's a new intro there's a new intro it's not as good as the second intro yeah i loved the first and the the first the intro, second intro was the best one man it's good but it's not as good as the first one oh i just disagree did you watch it already no i haven't watched okay. it yet. i was gonna ask uh, how good it's my taper week so mm. in theory should be able to catch up. I wish I, I, I wish I would get a phone call. <laughs> Erica, if you see him get to a point mm-hmm. about whoever's you know, if you if you're thinking about it, it's not some weird time of the day. If you get to a point where a bunch of tennis stuff starts to happen, 
be like Alex come on over because okay. there's some incredible shit coming there there really is I'll, I'll keep an eye out I'll keep an eye out because usually shit. he flips that on like after I go to bed yeah but if I start hearing I'll, I'll keep an ear and an eye and then Alex there's, there's just randomly be, show up at the house there's gonna there's gonna be there's gonna be some great stuff there's some great stuff coming Hey, what happened over here? I noticed you got a bunch of Dragon Ball stuff missing. I think it's pushed back. Oh, is that's it? Yeah. Izzy likes to come in here and push oh, the books okay. back and like fuck with my steez. <laughs> I couldn't see it from this angle. Yeah. And what is what a mess. Our this beloved is crazy. our beloved daughter. Messing with my books. Who did this? <laughs> What do you got, Erica? Scintillating uh, podcast. <laughs> Bob sorting. reorganizing the Dragon Ball Z mangas on my uh, my bookshelf. Oh, look. There's another one hidden. I do miss, and you'd have to buy the individual. Uh, those are like the three-in-ones. How I ultimately bought the uh, the series. If you bought the singles, they had like a, a picture on... Like uh, One Punch Man does. They have like oh, a picture yeah. on the... On the spines that it ultimately forms, which was always fun. Mm, yes, I like that on stuff. That's not where those go. Don't put them there. Well, I don't know where they go. You can set them on top of the Dragon Ball ones, and I'll figure out where to put them. But don't put them with the non-comics. See, see when, <laughs> see when Izzy fucks it up. That's okay. But if you fuck it, because uh, she's four. <laughs> did, you the, did you hear the voice you just got? That was you were getting talked down to. Yep. <laughs> The novels are all... Are you going to win the strap match or are you throwing it? You should have seen Izzy this weekend. He's taking the win. You can think he's going to fucking win. He's not going to fucking win. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. We we went and volunteered at a race and um, they had a disco ball set up on a bridge Uh and Izzy kept going up to the disco ball. Like dancing underneath it was pretty cute. Adorable. Indeed. Hey, have you gotten in the giant bouncy house back there yet and bounced around? Or do you think it would just explode? (laughs) No. It's so small. That girl in her bouncy houses. There was one at the thing we went to this morning and she was just like bouncy house. She was like, We'll get to it, babe. We got a bouncy house. I was like, Okay. You win. All right. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> you been watching anything, Erica? Uh, Gay Pirate Show came back. Oh, yes. So indeed. the first uh, three episodes dropped on Thursday. So I watched those. Um, I've fallen a little bit behind with my uh, reading, but um, I stopped at the library and I picked up a few things. I find the best thing to uh, break a... Uh, a, a lull in my in my book reading is to get just like a novella that's maybe like 120 pages okay and just you know something interesting plow through that and then kind of get back on track you know fucking witcher really fucked everything up as Mm. it is known to do i'm so happy i found that fandom zone it came across my dash again and i was like let me grab this i'm so happy you don't have to worry about any more seasons of the witcher I mean, but there are more seasons coming. Are, are so. we sure? Yeah. Are we sure? Yes. Do you think 
Wouldn't it be funny if the freaking various strikes killed that? It would be very funny. I would be a little mad because, you know, my, my man Joseph doesn't do a lot of other shit. But it's like, okay, then he could go back to his music and then maybe we'd get like a tour at some fucking point or another album. You know, what are you doing, man? You're killing me over here. It would be hilarious if the least Hemsworth comes in and it turns out he's incredible in the role. And the writing gets like dramatically better between seasons or something. And all of a sudden the show takes off and it's like suddenly incredible, you know? And it like would it's, be like this massive hit without Cavill. It would, would be genuinely so be hilarious if it was like it, it's been him, you know? That <laughs> this whole time. genuinely will be hilarious. Oh, I think it would be one of those situations where if, if least Hemsworth comes in, and the whole show turns around. I mean, I know you don't think it needs to be turned around, but just for the sake of this argument, the whole show turns around. Here's the thing, Alex. I'm enjoying myself either sure, way. Sure, sure. So that being said, it's a pile of shit. So the whole show turns around, and viewership like triples between seasons or something. Sure. It was this massive, ridiculous success. It ends up having like nine seasons on Netflix or something. Like I think the unprecedented Cavill, nine seasons. Yeah, Cavill would never get to like write his own check again. You know what I mean? Like he wouldn't get to do his little geek projects. No one would ever bring him in. They'd be like, "Look, look, listen. Go do your Mission Impossible's and cock your fucking arms." But you don't get to do your Warhammer movie, your TV show, and you don't get to do any more Witcher stuff or anything because you don't get to do your geek shit, man. You fuck it all up. You fucked it up. That would be funny if that happened. That said, I doubt it's going to happen. <laughs> well, probably but, probably not. We'll but see. But it'd be funny. We'll see. We'll see. No, honestly, I know we, we don't have to talk about it, but it, I'll be interested to see how he how he slides into the role because it is going to be difficult, but we'll yeah. see. Well, no, yeah. I mean, I just... you. I can't ever think of a show replacing its lead and the show continuing much longer. Oh, same. But... You never know. Who knows? And it's Netflix because they'll drop the fucking axe. They don't care. Yeah, they don't give a shit. Though I do believe part of this, just bringing up Netflix, part of the writer's deal, um, the residuals are going to be based on like uh, some viewership numbers. So they're going to have to start revealing those numbers at I, least I to hope the. They get out there. Because if, if they have to reveal them to the writers, they're going to get out there. Oh, thousand percent they will. That shit kind of. Yeah, it's going to get leaked. That's why you should just, you may as well just re- release it publicly. Because well, and honestly, I would released. like, to, I'm curious. Released. I would like to see like the stuff that they're like, oh, there's nothing for it. You know, and then people aren't watching it. Like, well, how do we know that? Well, we don't me, know that. It's because it's, Netflix is publicly traded, right? I think so. It's amazing to me that as a, if, there, if that is in fact true, that we don't know those numbers well as a stockholder i would want to know those numbers right well some people had theorized that that was like why are they being so like are they misleading this because if that's the case you guys got a big problem yeah i mean that would be like here comes the sec to yeah you you got a big old problem you know what i love about the sec is it's the one agency the rich fucks don't fuck with (laughs) except elon even Elon dances with them. He's like, because they will shut your ass down and they will put you in prison. Like the SEC does not fuck around. No, I would love to know viewership numbers for some of these shows just from the perspective of what's considered a failure 
And, and, you know, obviously we won't know, say, what the budget is. Right. 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 But it'll give you a general idea of what's considered not good enough. Like a show like, um, like, Bob, you watched a little bit of an inside job show, right? And I, a little bit. And I thought that show was funny. It was the animated one. Yeah. Right. Um, with, um, what's her face from, um, Party Down and uh, Masters of Sex. Uh, from what I saw the little bit, I, I did see of it. I enjoyed it. Lizzie Kaplan. Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah. Um. But, but she, you know, she was good on that. And I thought the show was funny. And I watched the two seasons before they killed it. I, I enjoyed the show. I would just love to know, like, because I mean, it wasn't like some incredibly well animated show. Right. So it probably didn't cost that much to make. Right. And they didn't have any A-list actors doing the voices. Sure. So I doubt it was all that expensive. So I just love to know how bad was the viewership on something like an inside job that it gets killed after two seasons. It would just right? be interesting to, because maybe maybe the viewership was fine. They just didn't want to keep going with it. But yeah, it, it'd it, be... Maybe they lost their voice at the network who got the show going. Maybe someone got canned or moved to a different company. You're going to get some interesting insights into, like you said, what is considered a success, what is considered a failure. And, and then over time, getting to see numbers change, right? Because chances are... The number, the viewership numbers up or down or whatever changed dramatically over time for things like The Witcher or Stranger Things or whatever. Well, and think about that first season of The Witcher came out in December of 2019 and then the pandemic hit. Right. And everybody, it's just like, we're just stuck at home looking for shit to watch. So... Well, that's one of the reasons you see, you know, again, I'll go back to video games. You see a lot of video game companies uh, and a lot of tech companies laying people off because all the tech companies boomed like crazy during COVID. Mm -hmm. And then obviously you're not going to be able to maintain these pandemic numbers where everyone's trapped in their house and we, and all they have to do is watch TV or watch movies or play video games. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Cause you don't want to ever like go outside and like garden or something. That sounds horrible. Yeah, Fuck that nonsense. (laughs) So, or maybe like go play baseball. You can't do that. No, none of that. So video games, video games. Uh, Inside job didn't even get a season two. Oh, was that all considered season one? They like just they split. Did, they did two releases. Okay. Yeah. They do that a lot with stuff. And I mean, honestly, if like, what was the one show? It was really fucking, Centaur World. Did you remember watch Centaur World? I didn't. You didn't. I did. You did. I really thoroughly enjoyed it because it's just my brand of weird. But yeah, that got, I think it was two seasons and it was a complete story. And it was like, we've told the story we've set out to tell. We don't need to do it anymore. And to me, that's fine. I don't mind that only being a couple seasons. If it's an upfront and they can they finish the story. There's nothing more frustrating than thinking something's going to get more. Or you're kind yeah. of led on to think you're going to get more. Oh, okay, so we'll end on a little bit of a cliffhanger. And then you get that, oh, no, you're not coming back. Yeah, I go both ways on it. You know, like I think about... That's one of the sad things about watching anime is... You know, a lot of co- other countries, especially Japan, they don't have this big hang-up where, like, oh, something's successful, so we got to stretch it out over 10 seasons, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If there's one year of content, they do one year. Right. And, you know, I was watching, uh, like, something like Tomo-chan as a girl. They covered the whole manga in one season. So, that's the show. Right, we're done. Show's over. And I love the show, and it kind of sucks that I'm not going to get more of the show, you know, but what you got was pretty solid. But what right? I got, I was happy with, and it just sucks. That it's like, okay, well, on one hand, they're not going to stretch it out and maybe make it bad. But on the other hand, I would have liked to have more. So, sure. you know. 
But then, of course, in a way, that's good because you don't have to do the back and forth where you wonder season after season after season, is the show going to get canceled? Right. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, here's this show that's incomplete. It could get canned, and then it's just incomplete forever. Yeah, that's infuriating. Because, yeah, if you end up doing level two... And, and that could, and, and you know, that could easily, I mean, that's more than likely going to happen with The Witcher, right? Where well, that's what I'm looking at the books right now, because if you do just the five seasons, and they don't, like, if they stick to the book a season, then you don't get the last book. Right. Yeah, I saw you waving at me. My head was turned. I know. Now we can hear you. It dri- it's, it's driving me a little nutty that two of those red books are smaller than the other ones yeah 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 i know (laughs) it's not just you bob (laughs) it's not just you see but then there's the hardcover editions with the different covers oh so i got a question yes this sword here yes you got space around here somewhere where's like your cloud buster sword Ooh. Like twelve-year-old Erica would be so happy if I ended up getting maybe, one of those. Maybe in like five years when you play remake, you'll be like, "God damn, I need this sword." <laughs> I'm turning, you know, some some old number. I deserve a Buster sword. I saw it was like a live stream for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, where they were, you know, they brought out like a couple of the producers or whatever, and they were talking about the game, and then they had some. Does that come out soon or next year? Yeah, like March of next year, I think, or something. Oh, so we March got a, we got a minute still. Okay. We got a little bit of time. Um, but it, one of them was carrying around like he came out and he's carrying like a Buster Sword, and I don't know what material it was made out of, but it was playing it up like it was really heavy. And it's just like that thing if you made it out of any sort of real metal. No, or yeah, you're not. You're not moving that thing. Would be yeah. heavy as fuck. Yeah, nah, it'd have to be like some magic like thing. Like, no, nah, you're not. No. Nah. I would love to get like a real sword, but I also have a you know four year old. Yeah. So yeah, well that is an issue. Maybe maybe someday when she's a little older. You gotta hang it up high enough to keep it out of arm's reach of bad decisions. And I feel like you can't have it pointed down. You would have to have it sideways. like sideways. But then it yeah. gets more space, kind of in a way, right? It gets. It, you could do it sideways. And you could have, like, the figurines up on the wall. Oh, look at you. I'm just trying to help you out. Do a little decorating. You're not the, not the only one. You know, you're not the, your brother isn't the only one in the family who can do some interior design. All right? What if you make a sword lamp? Sword lamp? See, this is why you don't get to make a like, yeah. One that hangs over the, the dining room table? No. The the, what if, the 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 mental illness has to be contained to this room. What if what if this the can't dining this room, can't breach? Why not? What if the dining room table was actually a pool table, and it like un opened up to expose a pool table, but normally it was just covered, and you had the pool you had the pool table lights above it. That'd be pretty sweet. Mm. The bonkers thing is that there probably is a table like that. Oh yeah, and it probably sure costs like be. thirty grand. Yeah, but you know, you cut back a little bit here and there, and oh, all of a yeah. sudden you're there. Stop eating. It'll be fine. <laughs> you don't need to go to the doctor. How expensive is lettuce? You just start eating lettuce. It's fine. <laughs> this is your existence. You just eat lettuce now. Lettuce. Throw myself Drops off the like roof. Heaven. <laughs> 
We did have friends who had a, uh, I've probably talked about this before, a table that if you could um, remove the top of it, you could keep all your like tabletop stuff underneath. Mm. Like it had yeah, a I map you, you could draw. On. It was like some expensive ass table. Yeah, right? that was not cheap. And it's a while ago, so I can only imagine how expensive it would be now. See, but here's the problem with that table. What's the problem with that table, Bob? Is because I've had enough experience with a small child at this point. Is that the table had like a series of slats, Mm -hmm. right? And water would get through those when spilled on it. Would it though? Yes. I don't remember. I'm not I, I'm not saying that it happened. I'm well, saying there's no way their kids didn't spill stuff on the table. Yeah. I just don't remember them complaining about it. Well they never really. Okay, yeah, they come on. <laughs> okay. Come on. Well. I just that's, I don't that's your argument and I just <laughs> and now it's dead. But there's no way like <laughs> What like duck hunt. <laughs> what was the noise the dog used to make? Oh. He used to like laugh. Yeah. And then when he'd pop up, there'd be like a a little noise. I don't remember what it is. I wish you could get like a really good version of Duck Hunt in 2023. That game was great. Somebody's working on it somewhere. Well, that's like a, you know aren't like all the light gun games evolutions of that you could just go to like game works or whatever and play some light gun games but i want it's gone it's gone the one in schaumburg is gone oh i didn't know that i went that's where we went to see dave and buster's wins dave and buster's wins fatality but yeah we went to um i think it was to see the D &D movie at streets of woodfield where that was and i remember walking by it and being like what's there now nothing Nothing? it's just empty that's a big space it's a huge space yeah that's like a warehouse dave and buster's a little bit man that sucks because i don't know what they're like now what their various prices are and everything but i'd like gameworks because i felt like it had a better selection of newer games and again i haven't been there in forever right but when i was going here and there it had a better selection of newer games and it was cheaper like Dave and Buster's, I don't know what it's like now. It was expensive, man. I couldn't tell you the last time I have been at either. Yeah, I haven't been to either in at least it, a decade. It appears there's one game works left. Where? Seattle. Interesting. Damn, so they just like folded completely. Was there, that were, a, there were a decent amount of them, right? Not a ton, but enough. But, I mean, was that, uh, I mean, you wouldn't know this, but a product of the pandemic or just... No clue. Yeah. Because I don't know how long that one in Woodfield's been closed, but I remember walking by and just being, oh, shit. I, I never went to Gameworks. I I never really went to Dave & Buster's, so. It was always, like, for a work thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like that Gameworks, I had a work thing there. Um, And that was probably the last time I had been at it, mm-hmm. but that's six, seven, eight years ago I, now. I remember Gameworks... Uh, that one in Schaumburg was definitely a hangout for the fighting game community around here. I remember because it had kind of its own section, mm-hmm. the fighting games upstairs. And I remember seeing people like hanging out like around Street Fighter or Tekken games or whatever and watching each other play and waiting to queuing up to play. I next mean, that's kind of cool, though. 
So there was kind of like a little bit of some sort of community there. And I mean, you do still have, um, you do still have Dave and Buster's. I mean, I don't know what kind of games they have there. And you do have for older stuff, uh, the Galloping Ghost in Brookfield. Yeah, they've got it. I'm sure they must have some newer stuff too. I mean, I don't know how many how many new arcade games come out. I have no idea. I, I mean, I assume there must be something. Right, but I no clue. <laughs> This is another one. Well, I wonder how hard it is to maintain some of those machines. I don't know. I know somebody who would, but um, be interesting. I think it depends, right? Because some of them kind of work on standard platforms. Because mm-hmm. um, that's kind of what used to happen, right? Is something like an arcade machine would come out, say, developed by Sega. And then they would cut it down and essentially turn the box that was running that arcade machine into a Dreamcast, let's say. Hmm. You know? Like, that's kind of what would happen. Interesting. Huh. And then they would move games over. Oh, I'd love to have a pinball machine. I think pinball machine would be like, that's up there on fun stuff that like anyone can enjoy, right? Because if you get something like a, I don't know, you get like X-Men the arcade game or something. One, that's going to take up a lot of space. Yeah. And two, um, you know, a lot of people aren't going to want to sit down and play that, right? But pretty much anybody enjoys pinball. Well, and pinball is quick, right? You go up, you get your three balls, and it's like, if you're dog shit, it's like, meh. But if you're decent, it's like, okay. Keep it going. And then people kind of want to watch because you're keeping it going. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think the way things are set up at the galloping ghost right now is pinball is actually in a separate building really i haven't yeah. been there in it's a, a set yeah time. it's it's a it's an add-on ticket but it's its own separate piece i mean it almost has to be because it's tight in there oh that going in there it's like it's difficult to move around they've yeah. got that jammed yeah. as packed as it possibly can bob you got the tile corner over there you could fit a pinball machine there mm-hmm. there's plans for downstairs Oh, yeah, I heard about him. <laughs> My brother-in-law really wants me to get three jobs. I'll go back to work eventually. No, no, no. <laughs> Remember, it's not going to cost that much, Bob, because you're going to do all the labor. When the number came out of his face, I was like, what are you talking? Like, uh-uh. that's not even close. <laughs> so you didn't enjoy when I egged him on, Bob. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. I did my part. Mm. 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 But I would like a pinball machine at some point. Oh. Mm. But see, the question cool. is, what pinball machine? That's the that's the tough one. Because what do you go with? You, gonna, you, you can get, only like, get one. So what do you go for? See, the question is, well, see, one, here's the problem. You get a regular real pinball machine, Depending on which machine, they could potentially be a maintenance nightmare. Sure. Because they are prone to breaking, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And obviously, getting them repaired is specialized. So anyone that's going to come repair it is not going to be cheap. Nope. Because you're not, like, sending it somewhere to be repaired. No, They no, have no, to no. come do it. Yeah. Um, so that's not going to be cheap. You know but, who sells pinball machines? Apt. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like I knew that. They've got like random ass shit in there. But but what you could get, right, is you could get like those pinball machines that are more like electronic mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they have like the electronic surfaces and then you basically just like can run whatever pinball game you want from their selection, you know? And those would probably be like the easier ones to 
kind of own and maintain. Yeah, but they're think. also shittier. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, you might end up being a pinball mechanic at the end with all the problems you'll probably have. There doesn't appear to be a Witcher pinball machine. Uh, Stern pinball. Out. You know what? Godzilla it, Pro. If we wait a few years for it to get really popular, maybe you could get a Nikkei pinball machine. Ooh, that would hit the spot. <laughs> Imagine trying to explain that one to people. <laughs> like, people come downstairs. They're people, like. People come downstairs. There's just a sheet over a thing. And they're like, what is that? Well, don't worry about it. No more it. questions. Ooh, here's one for you. The Mandalorian Pro Pinball Machine by Stern. How much? Take a guess. Gotta be... 1200 Oh, I'd say more than that. I'm gonna say $5,000. $8,000. my God. That is ridiculous, dude. See, I think you'd be better off almost buying like a new or refer- like a used or refurbished one or something. That would be a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. You gotta... See... That's one of those things you would have to like deep dive into it and do a lot of reading and figure out, okay, what pinball machines are known for their reliability? Well, the nice thing is at this point, and this is not going to happen for like years and years and years. Sure, sure, sure. If it happens at all. But Bob does have a a resource for that. Oh. So. I do. See, and if you go pinball machine, then you kind of got to, you kind of got to go pool table. Ooh. At that point. Foo Fighters premium pinball machine by Stern. Oh, shit. What about the classics? Like, I seem to remember there being a really cool Simpsons pinball machine. Simpsons had some cool arcade games. Or yeah. like a Mortal Kombat pinball machine. Was there a Mortal Kombat pinball machine? I'm sure there must have been. At some point, right? I, I remember seeing like a Breaking Bad or a Sopranos pinball There's machine. There's definitely a Sopranos one. I have seen that in the wild. I feel like there's a Stranger Things one. Um, Simpsons pinball party machine by stern i I remember i think it was built into windows 95 there was like a space pinball game or something (laughs) that was really fun that was you could waste hours with that i think there's like a jazz jackrabbit pinball game or something you remember jazz jackrabbit vaguely that was a face Bob's just looking up, like, costs of pinball machines. Okay, I found the two most expensive. Guaranteeing that we will never get one. Two most expensive they have listed. Um, Both the same price. Tales of Arabian Nights by Williams. High-end restoration. This is a restoration. And the other one, Adam's Family by Bally. I've seen that in the, I have seen that in the wild. 20 grand. Alex? I have no fucking idea. $25,000. That's insane. That is bonkers. And then when you, I wonder, do the pinball mechanics work on like a per machine basis? Are they like, oh, this is a $25,000 machine. So to repair this, you need a special set of skills that only I have. So that'll be $1,000 an hour. I mean, I would hope that they're bilking people like that. You're not when you're the one getting built. No, you don't want to be bilked, but. When you're getting built 20 years from now, you'll be pissed about it. You'll be like, this motherfucker's charging me $200 an hour, but he's the only one that does this in a 200-mile radius, so I'm fucked. I either have him repair it, or I force Bob to learn how to repair it, or it stays broken. Those are my options. Well, so, so this, is a, this is actually an interesting point. So when we lived at the old house, and we had that generator, and... 
it it costs I want to say it was $250 to have somebody come out and service it. And you were supposed to have it serviced once a year. So we did it like once. A grand total of one time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it started acting up and we were like, mm, it's probably not serviced. Yeah. And then it worked fine. Yep. Um, but anyways, I have a pretty good sense of like how much you should, like how much you're going to pay for skilled labor in things and so that's the problem with something like pinball is that it is such a niche market that you, there's only going to be a handful of people and how many of the parts are available for certain pinball machines uh-huh if they're probably going to have to make two visits one to diagnose and one to fix so you know yeah it's going to be Cause that, cause that's it's always going to be expensive. That's the other problem, right? Is even if you can kind of tinker it out, and you're a pretty handy guy, uh-huh. even if you can kind of tinker around and figure it out, and maybe there's even a YouTube guy that kind of gives you a little bit of guidance, you still, at the end of the day, need the parts for that pinball machine. Right. And if it's stuff that goes like below, like the hidden part of the machine, that may be like common parts that might work between different pinball machines uh-huh. but if it's stuff that you're seeing on the actual playing field that's probably for that machine you can definitely hear the toilet <laughs> okay. in the recording well, we could have closed the door but well we could have but we didn't <laughs> so you know all, more than I hope, hope everyone's enjoying the sounds of our there used to be House. much background noise on the podcast, so I think people will be okay with a little bit of uh Are we? Continuing. Ben talking. I mean, we've been talking. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> we were we were talking about the toilet. Did you just pick up the toilet flush? Yeah, I, I definitely could hear it. Amazing. <laughs> okay, see you later. Go ahead, go ahead, keep going. Hey, Bob. I'm a simple man. Uh-huh. I, I, I And I think you would enjoy this, too, if you had the time. I've been playing some Age of Empires 4. Uh-huh. And you know what's fun? What's that? Is when people build up a giant town of fucking various buildings. Okay. And then you bring a bunch of fucking old-timey, whiny cannons. Mm-hmm. And you blow those buildings to smithereens. Mm-hmm. It's quite satisfying. Okay. I, I could never get an RTSs. I tried. It just never. I just could never play them. Mm. I get it. I get it. It's not for everyone. It takes a lot of brain power, which maybe disqualifies you. Uh huh. For sure. No. You would actually be excellent at RTSs, I believe. The strategy. It's fun, you know. You know, it's fun. It's stuff like I did this the other day with my friend. We were doing a team game, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like two v two or whatever. And he's attacking from the south, mm-hmm. and his army is coming up, and he's about to go into this big assault. And then I come around the outside, mm-hmm. come over the top, mm-hmm. and now we're attacking this one army like it's a fucking movie from both directions, uh-huh. just killing them in the middle. And it's like, this is peak strategy right here. Like, this is everything you ever want to happen, and it's awesome. What is this? I was talking about playing Age of Empires 4. Okay, I thought it was Age of Empires related. How it's fun to like... Did you ever... Do you like RTSs? Oh, yeah. 
Love an RTS. Oh, dude, Age of Empires 4 is on Game Pass. It's awesome. It plays really well on a controller. Does it? Like, okay. Because I was always very, like, I didn't like them on a controller. This one is very well designed for the controller. What they've done, basically what they've done to make um, the game a lot more playable on the controller, so you don't have to micromanage every single little villager, mm-hmm. is you, if you want to, I mean, you could play it however you want, right? And you can even plug in a mouse and a keyboard if you want to play it that way. But they have this auto villager system. So you say like, oh, I want the villagers to work on this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. And kind of like this amount of per- this percentage, right? They give you a bunch of different options. So you could say like, like at the beginning of the game, I like to go and do food and gold. Mm-hmm. And then when the game shifts, I like to go food, wood, uh, gold stone, you know, or whatever. And it kind of like sets the percentages and you can pick from different ones. Like, oh, I want... 25% of my villagers Be on more wood, heavy on one thing. 50% on food or whatever. Sure. And you can do it however you want to do it. And the villagers will just kind of do their thing and they'll keep looking for those resources as long as they exist. Nice. Um, and so it's like that. Then you can kind of focus more on just like building things mm-hmm. and building units or armies or uh, buildings or whatever. I'll have you know to give it I a mean? try. So it's because it, no, I always went very scorched earth, and I never played it online oh yeah, or anything. I always want to make a statement. I always just did it against the computer, but I was like, no, no, no! I am going to find every last one of your villagers, mm-hmm. and I'm going to murder the shit out of them. So yes, I agree with you. I always like to go scorched earth, and I liked um, I can't remember what the civilization was, but what I liked on AOE two is there was this civilization. They weren't the best. They weren't the most like meta civilization. But they built these little fucking infantry guys, and they were fast, and they had a big bonus damage to buildings. So you would just start, and they had this huge bonus to build speed at barracks. So once you can get your economy going, you could just be pumping out 50 of these bitches every like minute. I think I remember those, yeah. And you just would throw them at the other team, and they would tear buildings down almost as well as siege units would. And once this this whole thing got going, well, you're, it's, you win. You're done. Because yeah. it's such an overwhelming force of complete ridiculousness. Um, but no, what's what's kind of cool and also annoying, because that's what my friends and I do, is we just play against the AI. Mm-hmm. Like We just try to beat harder and harder versions of the AI. Sure. And because um, some of us, not me, but some other people don't enjoy playing against other humans. Um, but it's not just me. um but you know in in four one of the victory potential victory conditions is to beat uh destroy all their landmarks landmarks are like special buildings that you can only build once Mm -hmm. and you can end up if you get through all the ages you end up with three or four of them i think four i think um so yeah because one two three four yeah and if it's a team game, you need to destroy all the landmarks for all the teams to win the game. So what generally ends up happening is these, I call them like these rat fucks. What they do is you'll go into their base and obliterate it, right? But maybe like 10 villagers get away. So they like scurry away. They start building some things somewhere else. And then they go back and you like move on to the next place to go destroy another town. Mm-hmm. But they've gone back to the other town and, and they're rebuilding the yeah. landmarks behind you. Mm-hmm. So instead of you having four of the 12 landmarks destroyed that you need to, you'll all of a sudden have two of 12. And you're like, motherfucker, now I got to go back 
kill them again. Right. Hopefully this time actually properly genocide their society. Well, that's the thing. That's why you got to kill all those villagers, man. Oh, I, I tried to, <laughs> but they hide in the dark areas. And then you think you've seen everything, but actually they hid like 10 of them off in like a little bunch of trees that you don't even know is over there. And then they come back later once you're gone. It's annoying. Very much Anyways, so. I was just saying to him, it's very satisfying when you bring in like a bunch of cannons. And it's like these old fucking like, you know, 1970 cannons or something. You know what? Not even. I mean, that's a bad number. 1970s cannons. <laughs> that's, okay. that's a really bad number. Yes. 1700s there you go. cannons. There we go. <laughs> and you just watch them like demolish yeah. these buildings. It's like, okay, this is awesome. I was a big fan of like slowly encroaching on uh, the territory and then starting to build watchtowers. Mm-hmm. You and surround them with outposts so they can't get out. Have those like crazy upgraded so they're doing like sick damage. And yeah, that was always like, no, this this is mine now. <laughs> this is mine. Well, and that's obviously a strategy, right? Is to go out into the world and find resource nodes and build around them so yeah. the other team can't get to them and then you resource starve them. Now, I haven't played, I played a lot of Age of Empires 2 on the PC. And we had the... Um, one of the expansions, I want to say, was Age of Kings. Oh, that might have just mm. been the title of the game. But I played the shit out of that. That and Civilization Four. I played a fuck ton of Civilization Four, Which, a little different, but... I um, love the French in AoE Four because they're really good at cavalry. That's like all their bonuses are cavalry. And they can get knights out an age before all the other civilizations and they're like weak knights right but you know even weak knights are really good against a lot of units right and so you can get in knights and you can start doing like hit and run attacks on villagers and then get out before they really take any damage and you can the french have so much knight bullshit you can um you can like learn a technology where the knights when they're out of battle start self-healing I mean, that's outstanding. So you can, like, go in, get your attack, get a couple kills. Right. Oh, they're half dead. Run away. Heal them up. Heal up. Come back later, be annoying again. And you could do a lot of that. Um, <laughs> they're, like, surprisingly good against buildings. They have some sort of, like, bonus attack where they, like, charge in. And, like, on one hit after they charge in, they do a huge amount of bonus damage. So you just smash armies. I love the French cavalry. They're awesome. I'm gonna have to give it a try, cause I yeah I'm a big uh, RTS fan. I had a lot of fun with the first, um, um, what the fuck is it called? Not Warcraft, Starcraft. Mm-hmm. And I think I played the first part of two. I don't know that I I played uh, all of it. I definitely played the human campaign. I like the team games, too, because um, then you can start having the fun of, like, jokingly blaming each other when things go bad, you know? It's like, how'd your base get overrun? What are you doing? Why aren't you? Why don't you have any defenses built up? Like, what is happening? And they're like, I'm getting attacked by three armies, and you guys are just sitting back there watching. You know? That stuff is highly entertaining. Oh, Like, indeed. joking arguments. Right, not right, right, like right. Actually not actual, bad. like, yeah. And then the game ends and you see all the stats and you're like, how the fuck did you manage to kill like 20 people? Like this game just went an hour. You <laughs> killed 20 people? What were you doing? Resource gathering. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Well, since this has been such a, a game heavy episode. Sure. Um, one last topic and then I'm kind of fading. 
So, um, you sent me something shortly before we recorded mm. tonight that is really fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, so the CEO of Unity, one John Riccatello, he um, just very suddenly, without any warning, uh, decided to retire effective immediately. Weird. Hmm. Now here's the question. This is the question for me. Mm-hmm. Are they? Does that mean in a week or two, once they figure it out, they're going to adju- announce some major adjustment of plans, or does that mean he's fallen on the sword? We're going to blame him, but then we're not going to change anything. I'm really curious to find out, and and I've been I've been really, really curious how this was going to how how this is ultimately going to play out. Um, because it's got, it, it, it's, it's, it's a weird thing in the gaming world where, you know, generally when, when there's something like some really bad, um, decision that's made and put out there, like it always ends up getting backtracked because, it's it's it directly affects the consumer and everyone loses their their shit um but this was always this was a business to business um deal and it they frankly had a, a lot of these studios by the balls like because the cost to switch to something else is so incredibly massive that you know they were gonna they were gonna get a lot of people to stay on unity and ultimately pay these fees um and it seemed like what they were setting up was like they were going for something that was ludicrous and then they were gonna back it up a little bit right to semi reasonable right the old strategy right um so I'm super curious to see what what happens in a week because if 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 they if it's it's if they kind of back it up a little bit and they just are like well you know here we we've heard what you said and you know we've eased the terms a bit then it's nope that was the strategy all along but if they reverse course completely whatever these developers were coming back with was they they were going scorched earth they were like, we don't care how big the cost is. We are not going to keep doing business with Unity. So uh, the next the next big announcement from Unity or press release or leak or whatever is going to be very telling. Well, and I think we talked about it before. I think more than anything, this was targeting mobile games. Mm-hmm. Right, and when you think about the really big mobile games, at least when I think of, I think of your Genshin impacts and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And if, let's say, MiHoYo went to them and said, you know, yeah, this shit you're doing isn't going to affect us on our current titles, but we're going to tell you right now that if something doesn't change, our next game is not going to be on Unity, and you're not going to see a dime from that bitch. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have like. You know, this needs to happen like now if you're going to change something because we keep moving and we need to make a decision on what we're going to do. Right. Right. And if a bunch of big mobile studios were going to Unity and they were like, 
we're switching. You've broken our trust and we can't, we can't be on this unstable platform where we don't know what you're going to do next. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's... And, and maybe someone like a Mihoyo goes to Epic and they say, Hey, you know, we don't want to pay 5% of our, you know, revenues to you, but what about three? What about four? Let's, let's negotiate, you yeah. know, cause we need a platform that we can trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's very interesting. And I'm sure, and I'm sure Epic would be like, we would fucking love to take four percent of the revenue from the next Genshin Impact. That would be amazing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Please, yeah. It's 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 interesting because typically in business to business deals like this, like you don't, you're not going to get as generally, you're not going to get as big of a rollback or generally like they they usually have a pretty good idea of what their customers are going to do um because there's just a wealth of knowledge and how companies respond to it because they're going to see the deal they're going to bark loudly and then they're going to go back and they're going to do some math and if you've done your math right then you know ultimately They'll come back to the table. You guys will settle where you want them to. And it's it's generally a lot more predictable than the general consumer market, mm-hmm. um, which is can be do anything. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious to see. Because yeah. it, it, there's we just don't know enough to, to say either way. Yeah, it just happened today. Right. So we have no idea of, you know... Maybe two weeks from now when we do another episode, who knows what will have happened by then. Yeah. But it definitely looked like a lot of people were, you know, like, hey, there's nothing we can do on our current projects. But on the next one, we're jumping ship because we can't trust you. Well, I mean, and yeah, Uh, so it's it's interesting. Because that's the thing. Maybe you don't want to, you know, maybe you're not thrilled about giving 5% to Epic, right? Mm-hmm. But at least you know what it's going to be. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be my biggest thing with Unity is, you know, okay. Oh my God, people downloaded the game a million times, but nobody spent any money, so now we're out of business. Wow. <laughs> Fuck. You know, our game's too successful in one way, so now we're fucked. Yeah. That was like the change they were proposing. Uh-huh. All right. Well, thanks for being here on this edition of the video game industry uh, lookabout of subtle interference. Lookabout. Lookabout. I just I'm made into that. that up. No, I'm into that. Lookabout. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. Let's it's go. Perfect. Let's it change the name mouth. of the podcast. It's Lookabout now. <laughs> the video game industry lookabout. Every episode, I sound like I'm so. I stupid. do wonder if there's any. I really could do a great Republican impersonation. I do wonder if there's any runners are still listening to this how supportive are they of you bob i don't know i don't know i, I haven't gotten any new patreon <laughs> they, notifications. they were just like let's did you get some runners were buying into the patreon no no no. i was gonna say no there was there's they've listened to the like they talk about the same like three things over and over yeah. and over and over again we're there's, good there's one guy i know who listened and he said that he he liked listening because it's just kind of random and all over the place and it's just kind of good background noise but um so it was uh but yeah i don't know if he's still listening 
Um, I doubt it. If, if you are. like, nah, I'm good, thanks. If you are, ping me on Slack. Hey, as we exit. Hey. You know, I, I just... It would be um, really bad if mm-hmm. I did not mention that the Chicago Marathon was yesterday. And I didn't run it this year. But it was perfect weather. Well, that's Absolutely. why you got that weather. Absolutely. Great. Yeah, exactly. If I was running, it would have been 80 degrees. Um, thousand percent. And it was such good weather that it was perfect for world record speeds. Mm. And Kelvin Kittum of Kenya ran in 201 or two hours and 35 seconds, beating the previous world record by 34 seconds. That's crazy. It's just that is so insanely fast. Well, when you think about racing, okay, you think about, oh, 34 seconds, that's not a big deal. But in racing, 34 seconds is a shitload of time. Yeah. Like, bonkers. Like, think about it. That's 13 miles an hour. People don't ride their bikes 13 miles an hour sometimes. <laughs> like, it's... Bob's like, I've never ran 13 miles an hour. What does that feel like? They they do, like... um they some of the at some of the uh, the big marathons they'll actually bring out this giant treadmill mm-hmm. and they'll slowly ramp it up to world record pace oh, and God. then everyone always falls and like gets thrown off the back <laughs> Do of they the, have like a pad back there so yeah i get but it's because like these are recording it just for the it's just funny it's like a youtube oh like yeah a funny youtube video people getting thrown off a treadmill yeah it's it's fucking hilarious because it's like i think it's like it's four twenty miles or something like that. It's it's just it's like well, and then you to know sustain that. It's one thing to run that one time, right? But to sustain it, because I mean, if you think about it, the fastest mile ever is like slightly under four minutes, and they're running a little slower than that. I remember when I was in high school, there was like some little guy. Like he was my age, but he was like a little dude. And this guy would I don't remember what times he ran right, but he was running. Like when we would do like, you know, mile miles on the track during gym or something, he was running his mile like two minutes faster than the next fastest person. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, holy fuck. You mm-hmm. know, like he's just like flying around the fucking track. Yeah. This is always crazy. Like he was running him. I don't remember what time he was running him in, but no one was even close. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I can run a seven minute mile. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm so far away from what, <laughs> four, what four these guys four can and do. a half minute mile 26 times well and think about this like their 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 marathon is like a 420 mile or whatever that is something like that um and you know so their their absolute best mile is gonna be right around four minutes maybe he's run a under like very few people have run faster than four minute miles ever so they're running pretty damn close to their max speed for 26 miles. It's insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Which means that probably isn't even their max speed, right? Like their max speed has to be even faster. 
Well, that's what I'm saying is like their max speed is going to be somewhere near four minute mile. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're getting close. So they're they're only you know they're 20 seconds off, and I mean I realize once you're that fast, like 20 seconds is a, is actually like a huge difference. But right. you know it's it's um it's just wild. Well, that's like, it's like anything racing, right? It's like if you're racing cars and one person is a second and a half faster, well, that means they did a lot of things better than the person who's a second and a half slower than them. It's actually a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, hopefully we don't find out he's doping. He's actually a young guy. (laughs) I think he's 23 and most, all the good stuff. Most peak marathoners typically are, um, around 30. Oh, so he's either doping or he's going to get even better. Right. So we'll see. It'd be cool to see him break two hours. Wouldn't Legit. Because um, Kipchoge broke two hours, but they did. The, it, was a, it was a publicity stunt where, like, they set up a course perfect for him. They Like, they had a window of a week so they could get the best weather. And throughout the, throughout the race, um, he had a V in front of him of... Of <laughs> like wind resist to to kill the wind resistance. Yeah, or yeah, they were just a, other Drafting. like really fast runners who, and they were just cycling in and out to so he could draft behind them, and so he broke two hours doing that. But this guy's good. This guy could do it within race conditions, so that would be pretty cool. Yeah, that's like that's like cheating, right? All that sort of help and stuff. That's a totally different scenario than just doing it while everyone else is out doing whatever this does remind me and i promise this is the last topic okay there is one other race thing to bring up so not this not this last weekend which was cold and awesome for running but the weekend before it was kind of warm uh in the midwest and um the twin city marathon was scheduled to happen last Sunday, I think it was. Um, and the first of October. The first of October. Um, and well, it didn't end up happening because the morning of the race, the organizers canceled it due to um, black flag conditions. They said it was going to be too hot. What temperature was it? It was going to get to 86 by sometime in the afternoon. That's considered too hot for marathoning. Hmm. So, this is this is all this is very controversial. A lot of people are very pissed off, um, because you know, in the race, the organizers are standing by their decision, and they're saying, you know, it just wouldn't have been safe to run. And and part of the problem is that certainly that in marathons people push themselves too hard like that's the thing like you don't you don't generally see people in ultra marathons have heart attacks and die it happens but it's really rare it's much more common in marathons because people are pushing the limit of what they can physically do um and and by common i mean like want to race like it, it it's it happens it's not like even a percentage but anyways so um there people don't ease up the way they should because if you're gonna go out and do a hot race like 
you don't have a choice. You have to slow down. Right. You know, it just it's just what it is what it is. And but people won't. And so they'll run really, really hard and then they'll crash and you know, you are gonna have more people who are gonna have to go to the hospital um and get helped or stuff like like it's going to happen if you run a race in the heat because people are stupid. Um but this is this is leading to a lot of controversy because there's a lot of people who are like, well, if these idiots won't ease up, that's on them. You know, um, the the flip side to it is that, well, you know, you do have to consider, you know, hospitals and emergency services. Do they have the capacity to handle that? Right. What my kind of take on it is, because I haven't heard a lot about I've heard a lot of like people should just toughen up or we become a bunch of pansies or, you know, stuff like that. Like we never canceled races back in our day kind of thing. Back in our day, we died on the goddamn pavement. Okay. Yes. Um, Or, you know, people are like, yeah, no, it's absolutely the right decision. Like we should, you know, we should, you know, we should be canceling for even, cooler temperatures you know it's kind of very bipolar the the thing that i think about is now i look at the twin city marathon and i'm like if i ever want to run that i'm it's going to be in the back of my head that they'll cancel that race if the weather isn't perfect right or you know it's just a little too hot and and then you went out there and now you got fucked well, and you know it's an it's eight hour drive from Chicago, but it's a travel race. People do come in from all over the Midwest and even to a lesser extent nationally. You know you're going to drive up there, so you can't do the you can't do a drive in the morning of, and drive home the night after, like it's just not feasible. So you're going to spend at least two nights in the city. So you're going to pay a race entry, two nights of hotels, minimum, food, travel, all your other travel costs, and then you might not get the... Plus, you're going to spend a couple months training. You know, it sucks. And, yeah. you know, there are situations where it's like, okay, you know, extenuating circumstances, race is going to get canceled. But, you know, I think... These these uh, these Midwest and these more northern city races where um, they have these early fall races, they need to really plan for how to handle how to make the show go if it gets hot. Because if they don't, people just are going to just not come and the weather's only getting more bipolar. Yeah, and I think it's also probably good to have rules and just say, hey, if it hits these conditions, this is what we do. Mm -hmm. And just have set rules so people don't have anything to get mad about. Like, you know then what you're signing up for. Mm -hmm. You know what the rules are, and you can look at at whatever the rules are that have been posted. Mm -hmm. And if they do something that's against the rules they post, you could say, hey, you said you were going to do X, but you actually did Y. I think it goes beyond that, though, because, you know... I want to know if I sign up for a race that like it has to be lightning. There needs to be tornadoes, like a terrorist attack. 
Like, Bob wants people dead. Poseidon <laughs> is coming out of the water to be like, stop. Hamas the love has of God. to attack Israel. Too soon. <laughs> um, but no, like, seriously, like, I'm not going to. How dare Palestine fight back? Sorry. You don't have to get into um, because I don't know the, the yeah. I don't no. know enough about yeah, it. Yeah, no, we're not. We opinion. we will not be commenting. I am definitely a stupid American. <laughs> yep. But no, like, if am I going to plan a vacation around a race that, um, I cancels at the drop of a hat like that? Yeah, or you even feel like you've been in races where it was and maybe it wasn't fall, but it was hotter than that. Well, the one that I'm thinking of, the my first attempt at a marathon, which I ended up getting cut short. That's the uh, one I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, like I would never plan on that race again, and that was one instance. Now I know that that race has a history of being hot and having canceled or shortened in the past too, but I, you know, Did you I, ended up at twenty miles for that. Twenty one? miles, yeah, and you know, it's like it's just it's. It's because if you think of, like, there were, it's the, that one in Minnesota, like, that's a, I think there's like 6,000 finishers for the marathon, but then they do a 10 mile or two, and there's a lot more people in the 10 mile, and you're getting people coming in. And I just did some back of the envelope uh, math, and you're looking at over a million dollars in economic impact from that weekend easy probably a lot more than that so if you're the the community like no you don't want your hospitals overloaded but those hotels want people coming in yeah those restaurants want people coming in there's a reason why there's the saying the show must go on because people won't because the finger thing means the the money. money right so didn't um you know, during like uh, the heart of COVID, didn't your Disney race like wasn't there talk of canceling that potentially? But then they went on with it. Remember, wasn't it like three marathons in three days or something like that? Um, the Dopey Challenge, yeah. There was a lot of people were worried they were going to cancel the race. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were, and then a lot of people ended up getting COVID that weekend. Um, womp womp. Um, but you know it. That's the thing. It, you know, it's got to be. If you're gonna cancel something, it's really got to be bad because you know people just aren't gonna plan on it. Yeah, in the future. True. So because and, and I don't I don't envy being in that situation. Um, where you have to make that decision for a five hundred other people or something or whatever it is. Yeah. But I think Twin City Marathon, you know, if they're looking at this, if you're another Midwest marathon that's doing early fall races, seriously, you got to come up with a way to keep it, keep the show on. Cause, or you got to move later in the fall, which I know they don't want to do because that starts. But you're encroaching comp- on other stuff. Then. You know, you're competing with Chicago, with Detroit, with Indy. But, York. But you know what? I I'd rather be competing with other races than yeah, well in Mini- in Minneapolis is tough because it is so much further north. Like you go another month in and it's probably right, frozen. Snowing. Right. Yeah. yeah. But okay, we beat this to death. We're all tired. Well, you're not, but Eric and I are. 
Well, see, I had caffeine in my Coke, so I'm good. No, I'm just waiting for the caffeine, effects of both of my shots to just start. Like, if, if you get the chills, just get out of bed, Erica. Play some AOE 4. Play some AOE 4. You know, watch Witcher again. You know. <laughs> Why do new things? I was well aware of what would actually happen. I was just talking. As long as you're aware. All right. Well, thanks for being here in your own home. And hug me. Hold me tight. This has been a Puma Knife production.